sing? You said you want me to sing a song? Oh, uh, episode 43. And then it makes me want to pee. Ooh, I can't pee in my pants without you. But I like it. I don't want to laugh. But I like it. <laughs> I don't want to encourage it. But I can't help it. It's okay. <laughs> I can't help but You don't have to laugh. It's, it was good. It, no, it's not. It was good enough to make me laugh. Uh, so, <laughs> earlier today... <laughs> Did you choke? <laughs> that's what, that's called breathing in water. It's not good for you. <laughs> yeah. And you're doing that too much and you go bye-bye. It's okay. Uh, so earlier today, I I was like, I'm, I'm getting a little hungry. It was afternoon. And afternoon delight. Yeah, afternoon delight. And uh, and then, so I noticed that two or three other people that I work with, we'll call them co-workers, oh, shit. Um, they were the same thing. And I was like, look at us, we're all having snack time together. Why don't we have snack time on a regular basis? And then I got to thinking about when you were kids, when you're in preschool and even like maybe kindergarten, mm-hmm. I'm not sure, and you got snack time. Yes. Snack time shows up in the in the uh, kind of afternoon area. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, hey, we, you had, we had lunch maybe 11, 11.30, maybe 12, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Then you take a nap. And then you take a nap and you get hungry around like 3 and it's snack time. Yep. And I thought, originally, all this time I was thinking, snack time was just like this way to be like, you're going into this organized thing and it's time for you to eat and you want to eat because you're used to doing whatever you want because you're at home and your mom gives you all this shit. And so that's, you know, that's our way of weaning you off yeah. of snack time. Programming you into a schedule but also giving you the necessity, the sustenance that you need. I disagree, though. You don't think that that gives you sustenance? No, I think that the programming is the problem. Okay. Um, you don't want to be programmed. I don't want to be programmed, one. Two... I think that How liberal of you. <laughs> I know it's it's late breaking news that I don't want to be programmed. What a socialist! <laughs> Is that why don't I? I'm pretty sure that it just we should just continue that because you know the years of kindergarten through high school you don't get snack time, but then after that you go right back to snack fucking time. Mm-hmm. Like you just go back to it. It's just like oh I'm hungry. I'm gonna eat whenever I want. So, why do they put you through, like, 16 years... How long are you in school? 12? 12 years 12 yeah. of, of not having snack time when you know damn good and well as soon as you become an adult, you're going to start eating snack time again. I don't know. It's weird, right? It is weird, but, I mean, I, I think that that's... It's disruptive. That's, it's, that's the part of, like, what you were saying at first. It's, it is part of a routine. It's part of a regiment. It's getting you into that type of mindset in the first place, plus... Also, it's good for you as a growing child at that point in time to have specific sets of sustenance throughout the day other than just lunch. Yeah. It's literally like you're only you're going to have breakfast before you go. They're going to give you lunch. They probably realize like, oh, he should probably have a fucking thing of juice and some, some fucking celery. That's, a, that's my impersonation of a preschool teacher. And do you think they're giving him celery? Yeah, like Anthony <laughs> Anthony Log. Yeah, oh Anthony Log. Okay. Yeah, that's celery. That's true. Also peanut butter and raisins, <laughs> but you know what I mean. It's yeah. part of it. Absolutely. That's where my head was at when I said celery. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it just seems like, and you don't stop needing those nutritional things at three o'clock in the afternoon after you turn five. So like, yeah, but at that point in time, you should already know like 
you're an adult now, so you should know when your brain is like, oh, shit, I probably should have some food. At five? At five? Yeah, I said... No, I, I meant like oh. as an adult. Yeah. As a child, you're not really going to know that. Yeah, that's There true. has to be a specific set time when you're going to do this. I just remember snack time being like something that got phased out as a kid. Yeah. Like you didn't I mean, get snack so time. Did, so did the mats as well and nap time, but... I and mean, I think that's fucked up too. Yeah. <laughs> Let's talk about in, that next you, time. If you lived in... Don't Mex- even... If you live in Mexico, that wouldn't be an issue. Don't even... siesta. Get me started on nap time. <laughs> How you doing? For those of you guys playing at home, he <laughs> waved his hand like a sassy black woman. <laughs> Why she gotta be black? It's, you know, that's just the the thing that says like I don't need. I'm a I'm a <laughs> black woman who independent black woman who didn't know, need no man. You know what I'm talking about the meme. Oh no, I don't know it. Okay, well, it's I'm, a meme. we we established last time I'm not part of the meme culture like okay, you are. Well, it's a meme. I'm not part of the meme. It's a memes. <laughs> Uh, I've been okay. I only got a couple things personal that I want to tell you. Tell me about your personal things. I tried to tell you last week about my internet being out at work, but I was so rudely interrupted. <laughs> I did. I can't escape it. It's coming back. <laughs> you ass. That was really all there was to it. I couldn't article hunt like I normally do because the internet wasn't working properly at the plant. So since it wasn't working properly at the plant... I had to do everything offline, including... I played like, an open mic. <laughs> <laughs> and then I got new furniture that was also old. Oh, it's also old? It's new and yeah, old? it's a hand-me-down. It's a paradise. That's okay. It's still new to you. Yeah, it is new to me. Uh, it has a hideaway bed. I've never had a, uh, a hideaway bed before. <laughs> so I can sleep over? You could sleep over, hypothetically, <sighs> but I won't let you. <laughs> <laughs> No, That's good. I like that. Uh, <laughs> it opened up the window of me. We were up the exact same day that we got this all brought in and set up and whatnot. It brought up the exact same thing of me going, uh, hey, I could have borrowed money from my 401k. We could have just bought new furniture doing it that way and then just paid it back. And with its, you know, like interest that it needed to have, because, oh. you know, you have a, they, you pay out like 3% extra of your check that mm-hmm. goes towards your 401k or more how depending on where you work yeah um ours they'll actually pay back the exact same amount percentage wise to you on your 401k up to nine percent mm-hmm. i just set mine at three and that's what it stays at but yeah i felt i was just like hey i should just borrow money and we could have gotten a new one man he just kind of looked at me she was like uh do you want to should we talk about that and i was just like nah this will be okay we'll <laughs> stick with what we got going on. <laughs> <clears throat> it's um, better um, you're thinking about the future instead yeah and then the other thing is that we, we briefly talked about it a little earlier today was uh, me rearranging the office. Got a new desk coming. Yeah. Be here tomorrow. I will be on it. Uh, we, this is the last Palm Dodd situation we'll have at this one. What's going to happen to this desk? This desk is going to belong to my brother. Okay, so we should definitely computers. write something on it. Yeah. Like the uh, like IFNZ Palm at the Dodd. Yeah. On there and sign it. Yep, we'll sign it. It'll be... Uh, and then he's stuck with it forever. Yeah. He'll be like, why'd you guys write on that? <laughs> uh, so yeah, he's going to take this one. The other one's a little bit bigger. We, we were discussing earlier the endless possibilities of where it could go. You could put in it so room. many places. It could go over there on that wall. <laughs> it could go on this wall, that wall, definitely this wall. 
Maybe Hell, not. I mean, you could put it like in the middle of the floor. No, and that's then... fucking blasphemous. <laughs> Don't even question that. And then, like, we could sit across from each other and put the mic in the middle of us and have one monitor facing each way. And then you can have way. the monitors up against the wall. Oh, uh, you're gonna say facing one monitor facing each way. I'm like, Shad, I'll pull up a, I'll pull up a YouTube video for you to see. Like, imagine it like I'll have I... the keyboard on my side. You have the mouse on your side. If I walked in and you were like, come into my office, and like, you were like, like you were behind the desk, and I had mm-hmm. to approach it, and then like, I sat up there, and then we faced each other while we were right in mm-hmm. front of the microphone, and then the screen was off to the side, maybe up against that wall, and you can kind of tilt it towards you, or you can tilt it to where I'll we can both I'll do it while we're it. like doing it, I'll do like, Shad, here, I've got figures I need to show you. <laughs> we're I, doing bad as a podcast, <laughs> not enough people are listening. We already knew that. <laughs> Uh, yeah, there's so many. There are there are infinite possibilities to place a desk in this room. That's true. I would never do open floor format. The whole point of against the wall and what I'm gonna do with the cabling is because Betty will probably be crawling very soon, yeah. and I just don't want her to crawl and try to grab at wires. So we leave it up against that side of the wall. Sure, this is an amazing idea. Trust me, it's we'll be sit wonderful. in the middle of the room still. <laughs> But the desk will be over there. <laughs> We're going to put the desk in the backyard. I'm going to hang up the Yeti from the ceiling and we'll approach it like the guy that says, let's get ready to rumble. <laughs> or we'll just we'll hit it back and forth to each other. We're <laughs> like, ready to talk. Like playing badminton. <laughs> there, there, go! Well, here, before it goes <laughs> yeah. into the next thing. You'll know that something, the segment's about to change. <laughs> That's basically a gist of what I've been up to. Like Not it. a ton of stuff. So, so are we going to have like our own areas? And if so, do we need our own microphones? More or less, we'll both be able to actually put our legs underneath this desk. <laughs> yeah. Because it'll be open. There's not going to be another like thing here where it will be like, I gotcha. Oh, we won't okay. have to do one of these if we want to. We won't have to sit away from it. We can actually like come to the desk. Ooh. We could come to the Dodd and fucking present our things a so little we're gonna, closer. Our voices will be much more directly into the microphone. If I was to use a word for it, I would say our voices would be more... Aromatic. <laughs> I, I don't even define aromatic. In this sense, it's it's uh, it's the crisp. Uh, no, not crisp. It's the rich undertones. <laughs> I would almost use the word dank, but I'm not going to. <laughs> dank is what I used for PKs last time, so I'm not <laughs> yeah. sure if we want to use that word. <laughs> okay, our voices are real dank. <laughs> That's cool. What have you been up to? I like it. Um, playing music. Okay. Uh, getting addicted to playing music. Honestly, I mean, we've talked about it before that it just playing live music is a is a, a drug of sorts. It's just like, um, it fires off endorphins that I, I didn't have anywhere else. Um, no, I played an open mic night at Penny's Perks, which you uh, introduced me to. When was um, it? That was May second. That was Thursday. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, it was a great time, actually. Uh, I showed up. There were really, uh, really because the next time that you do it, I was hoping. Part I was like so hoping that it was actually going to happen tomorrow because I was thinking like a fun thing to do on my birthday in the evening. If there's yeah. nothing else going on, I just wanted to come up there and hang out with you. Do you want me to just bring my guitar to a random place and we can just go? And you can I'll just bring it. it over here and I'll just listen to you and comment and tell you how good you are. I think I'm a, I'm your biggest fan. You don't know it yet, but I'm, I want to be the person that encourages you the most because I'm really proud of your music and well, proud you. of who you are and what you do, and I think it's awesome. So, so a private show would be nice for your birthday. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. gotcha. 
Just come over unannounced tomorrow sometime. I'll hop out of the shower and I'll just have my towel on and be like, who the fuck's at my door? I'm like, when I wake up, oh, you know I'm going to be. Oh, this is happening. (laughs) I'm just going to do that. Um, Yeah, so I played that. I showed up. There weren't a lot of people there. There was a handful of people there. Um, and then the people running it uh, introduced my or got introduced to Adam Webb, who is running these things and his um, his kind of crew. He's with the Holla Boys, which is a, a band that's I've local. heard of that name. Yeah, there's somebody told me. I actually think it might be my next door neighbor. Yeah, Ron. I think, no, uh, it's not Ron. <laughs> God, fuck! You're gonna make me forget his name now, Jim. Anyway, he told me that. Uh, he was talking about local shows because I was telling him about me and you before yeah. playing and uh, apples and hand grenades and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And he asked me about local artists and I think his nephew or something to that effect is a member of that band. Of the Hollow Boys? Yeah. Cool. Right on. And then uh, and they were they were super nice. They were definitely uh, ready to do this and they were very excited Let's about it. Let's do this. Um, Let's just do it, guys. And uh, <laughs> hey, so fuck it. I showed up. I, I was kind of pre-planning my my next show after that which i'll talk about in a second um and i was like oh shit you know the thing that i wanted to kind of separate me from the the things we do with can't get rights one is i play a lot more originals two i play a lot more covers that aren't like 90s gear there are a lot and of three of weird nude stuff. and three um you're i play like, my dobro instead of my acoustic you're like uh jenny on forrest gump when she's playing show nude and it's just enough to cover all of her parts yes that would be amazing. I have less parts to cover, so that's good. Yeah, you could just ride it real low. I just, yeah. Yeah. Just <laughs> that would be interesting to watch you strum oh, it out, too. Ride that real low. Um, yeah, it looked kind of like you I'm... You play your dobro. I'm, liking, I'm playing the dobro. Uh, playing it like an acoustic guitar, obviously. Yeah. Like we always did when we were playing. So that's kind of the thing that I wanted to separate myself from. Can't get the rights. Um, I said that really weird. The cut rights. The um, so I showed up, they were like, yeah, come on, let's, if you want to get started, there's nobody else that's ready to play. They had some featured artists, so they essentially, the way they were setting it up was, six to seven was open mic night, seven to eight were these three featured artists. Mm-hmm. I happen to know one of the three featured artists, Tyler Rendleman, who mm-hmm. I, I yeah, worked I with and everything, and we, we played some shows with mm-hmm. him and stuff, with, um, I can't remember the name of their band at that point in time, but he plays on his own now. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they were, um... They weren't there yet. It was just it was just Adam's crew, and uh, so he's like, "Hey, whenever you want to start, start." And so I was like, "Cool, no problem." I, I started. I played a, a song, and they were like, "He's like, hey, go ahead and play more. You know, you're good." So I played, and they kept playing, and, and they just told me to keep playing. I think I played five or six songs mm-hmm. before they were before somebody else showed up that was ready to play. Not to say I was playing to a nobody. Mm-hmm. There was just a bunch of people that weren't yeah, not ready to play people music. Were up there to play. Nobody was playing music. They were all uh, spectators, if you will. Gotcha. Um. So and he was like, "Do you mind if I take video, take pictures?" Like, absolutely, do your thing. So. Um, I played, uh, a couple other guys came on and played. They were both really good. I enjoyed their, their music. One was a little more country, one was a little more rock and roll. Um. Oh, wow. <laughs> Who knew? <laughs> um, and then the featured artists came, uh, and, and did their thing. And they were, they were good as well. Um, it was a, I got to meet some people. That was kind of one of the funner parts of it that I didn't expect was, I'm not a big people person. I like crowds, but I hate people. Um, yeah, I'm, that's a quote I'm, from Randall uh, from Clerks. But yeah, I'm uh, the I'm pretty much the same. I way love that. being around all of that, but I don't yeah. want to like talk and interact. But I did. I I got to interact with all those uh, fine folks and hopefully built some relationships that I can kind of add on to 
Um, and it kind of paid off already, which I'll talk about too. Uh, so uh, with that, uh, they videoed everybody a little bit, and they made this really cool little uh, kind of video that they threw on Facebook. It's like seven minutes long, and it has like a, a, um, a little sample of um, every artist that played. So they had six people play that night. And there's like a little snippet of each of them, including myself. That's awesome. Um, kind of with a little a little feature, um, and I thought is that was it, super nice that they did that. Are you playing at the Sesser Opera House? Is that a thing? I'm getting the Sesser Opera House. That's what I was going to get into. Is that um, I saw that they said they were doing open mic. Yeah, I think Adam I thought... friended me, or I friended Adam, or whatever mm-hmm. afterwards. And shortly after, he had shared Sesser Opera House is having an open mic night yeah. on May twentieth. And uh, so I was like, cool. I, he's, Adam's not running it, but I thought, well, that's cool. I'll, I should probably go do that. Um, so I am. I'm going to go uh, play at Cesar Opera House. Um, it's a Monday night uh, mm-hmm. kind of thing. So I'm not sure. It's the first I've heard of it. I, they may have done it before. Yeah, um, I, didn't, I didn't remember ever hearing of that, but that sounds like a cool place to do yeah. that. Anyway. I've never been in there in the Opera House before, and we can get some, I can go get some custard, custard stand after work. We can get some custard down yeah. there. And then go, 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 go. Yeah. I think they stay open until uh, 11 every night, so yeah. you're good to go. And 10 o'clock is when the open mic night ends, so it's nice. It'll be good. No Power matter what. window, get Absolutely. you some fucking delicious chili cheese dog or something, yeah. and some custard. Absolutely. Um, and then I also. Had my my first show at the Blink Pop Up Market. Yeah, uh, it was this past weekend, and so that was my first like long gig. Uh, that was a three hour show. Um, I've done like the 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 art things that we've done and all that. So it's not like I haven't played that long, but it's been a while since I've played that long. Um, and so it was a, it was a really neat experience. We played outside. It was a beautiful day in Southern Illinois. Uh, <laughs> it's gonna be beautiful. Uh, it was good, and uh, I was uh, next to some people that I didn't, uh, I didn't know. Got to meet some new faces there too, and people that were promoting me on their Facebook Live and all of that. Uh, played a plethora of music. I got about uh, a half an hour and a half through, and I was like, "Oh shit, I'm already halfway halfway through my set. I guess I better take a little break." So it went by real fast. It was enjoyable. Um, played a, a good mix of originals and covers throughout it. And, uh, yeah, it was a, just an overall good experience, and I'm ready to keep playing. Uh, Thomas and I, the Can't Get Rights, are booking booking up some shows for uh, June and July and August currently, and, um, and hopefully we'll get some more out there. Um, I'm not opposed to trying to book some solo stuff in the middle of all that, too. I know there's one weekend that we're trying to book... Uh, can't get rights and the next like on a Saturday and on the Sunday I'm playing another Blink pop-up market so cool. it'll be pretty cool. Is that always in Carbondale? Yeah they, they alternate uh, each each month it's going to either be at the train station at the grotto um, or at another location that I can't remember off the top of my head so they rotate each each month so I, I think you. my next one is in July and it's at the grotto um, so that'll be an interesting little little thing but I'm excited. It was it was very cool and has got me very pumped for playing live music. Um, I really need to get in there and record some stuff. So I've got some little uh, promo things to hand out, some CDs. I got to do the new business cards. Took a bunch of pictures while we were out there. Um, had a couple of friends that snapped some good pics. So I'm I was hoping that about trying to find means to doing business cards for the podcast. I didn't think it would be too bad of an idea. Just yeah. to leave it specific places or whatever with a little QR or just the URL on yeah, it as well. That's true. Just to link They're people to enough. SoundCloud and have the links for 
you know, like not links, but just show like the icons for Spotify and stuff like that on it. Yeah. Just kind of like the banner that I made. Definitely. Something like that and then get that put down. I thought that'd be cool just to toss around on like a couple of tables and maybe people would mm-hmm. at least generate enough to listen to it. Definitely. And that's what I kind of, uh, on my, like on my stuff now, I just hand out old business cards before, but um, when I do my new ones, they'll all say kind of what my website does, which is musician slash writer slash podcaster. And it'll have like the website directed to it, which by the way, there's a brand new, uh, a brand new article that's out today on the website. Uh, but that's old by now. It's about two weeks old, but there may be some new stuff out before then or after that. Uh, I'm going to try to keep it weekly. Um, I'm not doing a great job of keeping it weekly right now, but, uh, got to keep the, the, uh, words flowing. Um, mm, but words flowing. Yeah. The thrill, thrill of, of the, the hunt. hunt. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's the new one um did a, a couple real quick things um i went to see cirque du soleil uh, a couple weeks ago cool that was real cool the corteo show mm-hmm. uh which is kind of a story of a man um kind of crossing over dying and all of he's a, a circus fella and mm-hmm. so he's got all of these people from the circus that are saying goodbye to him and it's kind of a, a really neat story uh, Cirque du Soleil Live is amazing. I mean, we've anything... seen, me and Mandy have seen one show at um, the Fox. Okay. And we also, I think that was the, I don't know if it was the same year or if it was a year apart. The next year we ended up seeing the uh, the Radio City Rockets to oh, yeah. their dance number and stuff for Christmas. Nice. It was really cool. But it's just, it's amazing. Yeah. So I'd recommend anybody who uh, gets the opportunity to go see a, a Cirque du Soleil show. Whether it's their their stay at Vegas or if it's when they're traveling, Vegas! Shows, it's it's good time. Absolutely, uh, we had Cape Comic Con. Um, Cape Comic Con. Since we did talked you get last, to go? I did go. I did not. I did. Um, it was a pretty good show. Um, Buddy, I, that one of the guys that we drive to, I drive to work with, because uh, uh, a friend of ours drives with us now. Jacob uh, drives with me and Jay, and uh, he took off. Saturday and Sunday, and I think he was there. I don't know if he was there both days. He was there at least one day to see. uh, He was gonna do meet uh, Tara Strong, the chick that does the voice for Ash Ketchum and stuff. That's not Tara Strong. Is it what's her name? Not Tara Strong. What's her name? I can't think. It's something like that though. I I met her. Yeah, Um, but But he's. I think he said like the just the meet and stuff. I don't remember. I'll have to look it up. But her her stuff was like forty dollars or something like that just to get an autograph oh, really? or something. The latter effect. I gotcha. He said it was just a little bit too much, and I didn't end up going to do it. He said I saw her, but I didn't go yeah. meet her or anything like that. She was an she's an amazing person. Mm-hmm. Um, straight up, uh, she is um, someone that uh, she's just got a personality that lights up a room. Uh, I followed her on her Instagram. She was walking around uh, the con floor doing some yeah. video and stuff. I saw a video of her like going to Ted Drew's, like the vending machine. She was just like, "Should I get what flavor? Should I get a Ted Drew's?" <laughs> yeah. So she she was a, a really good person. She stopped and uh, you know answered questions for people. She took pictures. She um, you know we were Veronica we were, Veronica, Veronica Taylor. Taylor. Yeah, I knew it was something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she she was just an all around nice person. Um, I was with Landon and Landon wanted to meet her, and so he got to. And we were with a big group of of uh, of friends, and so she was like, "Is this your crew, Landon?" And he was like, "Yeah." And so it was like there was probably almost ten of us that she was like, "Well, let's get a picture with all of us." And so like we all hung around, and 
and some of some of the people I was with had questions, and they she asked answered the questions even though they weren't they didn't pay for anything for it. Um, but she was just an all around really good person. That's rad. Um, and then yeah, of course we had some of the Power Rangers there. The Black Ranger and the Yellow Ranger were there as well as Zordon. The Black Ranger. <laughs> that was the Rogue Warrior man. was there. Um, Animal. I didn't see him, but I also but he was there apparently. I don't know what he looks like. Outside of what you are showing me right now, he's uh, I forgot what his uh, what his partner was. They're a tag team. I gotcha. Yeah, I got. They both dressed like that with like the the football. There used to be football players like in ah. uh, what's the the arena league? Like not mm-hmm. like the, the minor like, league yeah. kind of thing for. I think that's what they were. They started as, and I think they were professional. But then that's why they got the the uh, pads that are like that, and the idea to do it. I gotcha. What is what's that next? comic-con coming up that tara strong is at though there is a con that oh, she uh, is at st louis comic-con no that st louis comic-con already done no not the same not the st louis con but no, st louis comic-con no, no, i don't think not she's wizard at, world I don't think she's at that one is that the one from indiana there's one in indiana too that i think she might be well, what's the st louis comic-con because i there's also one that the bushwhackers or one of the bushwhackers is gonna be at. yeah um, which I do know that person and know what he looks like when I see him. Um, but it's, you know, the, that event was really good this year. Um, I'm not usually finding a lot of, uh, things at Comic-Cons these days. I'm not looking for a lot of books, um, normally. So it's, it's one of those things that when I'm going, I'm just kind of walking around, just kind of checking right. everything out. Already. And I know that they keep getting bigger and bigger. Not this, but every year as far as Cape goes. That's why I want to talk to like the director or the person that puts it on and have them on our show one time just to talk with them about it. It keeps getting bigger and bigger every year. Their website looks way more professional than this one. Oh. For something that's like a big city con, it looks more... Yeah, but theirs is a smaller con. Like St. Louis Comic Con's a smaller con. I know. I know it's smaller than Wizard World. Yeah. I, I get that. I mean, like, no, in I a mean, bigger city, though. It's it's not general. a lot bigger than Cape Comic Con, oh. is what I'm saying. Like, it just because it's in St. Louis doesn't mean that it's a citywide Comic Con. Um, oh, I meant, I, I know. I just meant as in it's in a bigger city, just in general. Yeah. St. Louis is bigger than Cape. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. Uh, Tara Strong isn't at this one, but a Bushwhacker is. Uh, Tara Strong is at somebody's uh, Comic-Con locally sometime soon. Okay. Um, just funny because you said Tara Strong. It made me think about it. Um, one thing I did pick up, which ties into uh, some gaming things while I was there. I was on my way through... Uh, I was on my way to Cape Comic-Con. And I was like, you know what I would really like? I think I would like a Game Boy. And you know, because Game Boy came out with a game that also came out on PC that I've been trying to get for a while and I own it. I own the game. Uh, is Yoda Stories, the Star Wars game. Jesus. Um, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I know what you're talking so about. It came I, out played, on, I played it with you before. Yeah, it came out on PC. I loved it. It was an awesome game. Uh, most people hate it. That's fine. Uh, but no, It's not a bad game. It's just... It's you, not my go-to. You said Jesus like you didn't like it. Because you've talked about it before and I know you love it. <laughs> um, so, I, I like this game. And it came out on PC. I bought it on PC for like three bucks. Uh, turns out that a Windows 95 game doesn't get installed on a Windows 10 machine. It just yeah. doesn't happen. Yeah, you'd have to have a bootloader to run it. Because yeah. you can run an uh, an emulation of 95 on your PC existing and you could play it that way. Oh, uh, okay. 
Yeah. That sounds like a lot of work that I don't know how to do. It's just an emulator, basically. You don't even... It's not like you're opening up a version of Windows 95 and then you're installing it on there. It's just an emulator. Just like, like, a, a, like an Boy SNES emulator. emulator or a Game Boy emulator. But and it'll it, read it, the disk drive? Or yeah, yeah, it should be able to do that, too. They have emulators that do that. Or I could just get an emulator of that game, even. Just of the game. How do I get a hold of such thing? Uh, I gotta be a pirate. I'll, I'll help you. High I'll help you sail the high seas. <laughs> I gotcha. After this, if you want. Okay. <laughs> um, but so while I was at Cape Con, um, I walked in and there be a Game Boy Advanced SP. Ooh. For forty bucks, and I was Ooh. like, I'll take that. You got it. And uh, so I do now own a Game Boy Advanced <laughs> SP, just like you do. Mine's all black. Mine was all black, and then I don't know what happened to it. It got lost. So you this bought is one that I bought uh, online from somebody for thirty dollars, nice. and then I still have like my whole library of uh, Game Boy Advance games. But yeah, I had it that came with a charger and nice. got it and stuff. That was like last year. I got that. Oh one. really? Yeah, because <laughs> that's that's my favorite iteration of Game Boy. The backlighting is mm-hmm. so fucking smart. The game library for the Advanced is like super really deep and it's really good. There's a ton of good titles. Like, one of my favorite Metroid games is on there. That's what's in there now. Oh, really? Yeah. It's the the Zero Mission one. I thought it was awesome. And uh, Metroid Fusion's on there, too. I took a picture of the games that I purchased for it already. Okay. Read them uh, off So to I me. could read them off, too. So Yoda stories I did get. Cool. Um, Buzz Lightyear of Star Command, mm-hmm. which I did like that game when I was a kid. That's a Game Boy Color title. Uh, Rugrats the Movie, which I also played that one when it came out. Aladdin. about <laughs> Just movie tie-in games? Yes, absolutely. Uh, mostly, yes. Uh, Aladdin. Earthworm Jim, mm-hmm. uh, The Hobbit, <laughs> um, E.T., and the Namco Museum, which is like Pac-Man, yeah, Pac-Man Dig okay. Dug. Got it for Dig Dug. I love the Dig Dug. Yeah. Um, but that's what I've got so far. I don't have plans to get a lot more than that. Um, I would recommend, since it's an advanced SP, just mm-hmm. for you to be able to dip your toes into it, mm-hmm. they do have a port of uh, Link to the Past on there. Oh, yeah? And that's my favorite Zelda. I I always recommend that. And if you want to try out a Metroid game, Metroid Fusion's like crazy fun. And Zero Mission is basically the whole precursor to the entire Metroid franchise. When they made that game, it's like Zero Mission is what happens before the original Metroid, but it looks like Super Nintendo style graphics. Definitely. Um, But it's it's really fun too. But both of those are really good pulled. Do you have anything else that you were up to? Um, We had free comic book day. Yeah, um, that was you got fun. me some stuff. I got you some stuff since you were right over here, stuck in the old uh, in the old work. So I had to do that. I also took pictures of my free comic book day books. Nice. I uh, got you. Got me a Star Wars Adventures, Stranger Things, a Buffy the Vampire Slayer slash Firefly, and then for my birthday you purchased for me the uh, first volume of The Wicked and the Divine. Yes, which we will have to talk about. We talked about that last time. We'll, yes. We'll talk about Wicked and Divine once the whole series wraps this summer. Yeah. Uh, we'll get a, so hopefully you can get some, your toe dipped in it. Um, other pickups that I got while we were out and about is Under the Moon, which is the first of the, uh, it's a sample of the uh, DC Inc. Uh, line, which is their like young adult reader line. And this is a, like a Catwoman graphic novel, mini graphic novel series yeah. that they're doing. Um, the Pokemon I Choose You a uh, little free comic day, which is uh, based around the movie I Choose You that they came out with, the yeah. animated movie. Um, the Interceptor, which just kind of looked like a cool cover. I don't know anything else about it, except for it just looked kind of neat. It's kind of a neat cover there. Yeah, that does look cool. Uh, Deadly Class, the killer set, which is an original story that they came out with for the free comic day offerings. 
Um, and then there's a book called Hope uh, that just the artwork looked pretty neat. Um, there is a book that I picked up called Witch Hat Atlier, which is um, has some sort of um, tie into uh, what's his name? Who? What's his name? You know that artwork style. The artwork style. Yeah. What's the no. Studio Ghibli? Yeah. Like, kind of like Studio Ghibli. Yeah, it's tied into that somehow. Yeah. Um, I this this one is, um, and then I picked up some other free books that were just around at Mike's store. There were two Star Wars books. One was called Star Wars Goodreads Free Previews. It was in that like that free table that he's got by the front door. Yeah. And then there was a May the Fourth Be With You free preview. Uh, and like previously mentioned, Year of the Villain, he had as a free book, um, even though it was a twenty five cent book. Yeah. And then they had three books that. I picked up that were Star Wars titles. Um, they weren't free, but they had two True Believers, which is Marvel's like dollar book when they mm-hmm. do a reprint. So I picked up both of those. One is um, a reprint of issue 107, which was the last issue of the original Marvel run of Star Wars. And then the other one is a, uh, a reprint of a storyline that is when Kieran Gillian picked up the Star Wars, which I think is around like 40 or 50 okay. of the current title. And then they also came out with this supersized Star Wars Saga giant 50th collector's issue. I don't know what it even is. It says number 50 of the Legends line, and it's it must be maybe they picked up a storyline from the Legends run. Like, maybe hmm. did Star Wars maybe end on 49, and this is like wrapping up that Star Wars run yeah. from, from when no idea. Dark Horse had it. Uh, but I picked it up because it looked kind of cool. Yeah. Um, so we'll For see. Sure. I haven't read any of them yet, uh, but definitely uh, Free Comic Book Day was a pretty big win for me. It was probably the one of the best Free Comic Book Days I've had as far as success of getting the books that I want. Yeah. Um, and I only went to two stores. I went to Campus, Campus Comics, and, and then I went to Castle Perilous yeah. as my secondary um, just to kind of that way I, I was looking for pictures of you. I had pictures that people posted like oh, of yeah. the line and stuff like that whenever it was at the first. Uh, when they first opened and stuff like uh, that, I think. And yeah, I'm not a big line waiter. Um, I figure if I can't get it, I can't get it. But I, uh, I was eating breakfast when other, when their stores opened up. I was like, I'm getting some food. Oh, and uh, I started eating meat again. You started eating meat again? Yeah, I'm off. I'm on the meat wagon, as I've been telling people. I'm back on the meat wagon. So me mentioning a chili cheese dog being delicious is okay then. It's absolutely. I, I thought mean, about that before. after I said it though. <laughs> I just meant I was just thinking. I was after I'd said it. I was just like, oh well, he won't eat that. So mm. never mind. So if yeah. you do want some of the pork bow, I can make you one if you want before you leave. It's no, good. <laughs> it's fine. I uh, no, I I went out on the journey to uh, cut meat out as a health option to mm-hmm. try to just be healthier, make better decisions. And you realized um, you'd be okay. And I was not making any good decisions at all as a vegetarian. I mean, the things that other people would make for me or, you know, when other people were making those decisions for me were great. They were absolutely great decisions. But I was surrounding myself with French fries and more French fries and more French fries and then, like, cake and shit because, like, I was just more hungry because I don't think I was fitting in, like right. getting the uh, the protein that I needed, my body wanted. You should have had the uh, so I was eating like the shit. Impossible Burger should have been out in our area by then. They are, they're out in our area. Yeah, I can. I mean, Not I can. St. Louis. I can get a veggie burger at at uh, Burger King right now if I want to, and I can go to um, the Dale's Burger Shack and get an Impossible Burger right now. Cool. Um, I can. I I don't like Impossible Burgers. I don't think they taste very good. Yeah. Um, 
But yeah, back on the meat wagon. Meat wagon. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, you've been playing games. I have. I have a few new games that I wanted to talk about. I'm not going to talk about Destiny because I haven't played Destiny. Tell me about those games then, Justin Harris. I started playing the first couple of chapters of Phoenix Wright. That was part of my Tom. Oh, did you bring the Tom to the Valley? You, you actually did. I did. I yeah. don't do I did. those either. I did that. It's not like a slide on you. It's a slide on us. It's okay. It can be a slide on me. I'm I'm more the. Uh, what am I? You're trying? a you're a dod dud. I'm a dod dud more so <laughs> than anybody else at this dod. Uh, so yeah, I played Phoenix Wright. It's really cool. Um, it was a little bit more involved than I was thinking of. So it starts off like your first mission is basically kind of weaning you into the whole situation at hand and what you're going to be doing from now on. Um, so it's it's a little bit handholdy at first because it wants to talk you to like your your person that is your case holder. Uh, I guess basically like your boss as an attorney mm-hmm. is kind of walking you through the steps. This is your first case kind of a thing. And it's a, it's a murder case. Um, so it's, she was like, it's kind of crazy that you're wanting to take on a murder case as your first big case. Already, this is the lawyer game. Yes. Gotcha. Uh, yeah. Phoenix Rice Ace Attorney. Sorry. I forgot to That's say it. the whole thing. I, <laughs> I just thought maybe you knew what I was talking about. I already. forgot already. That's It's fine. <laughs> uh, so going through like the first mission, it's, it's, it's more or less like a text-based thing. The images of the characters are there, but you're reading along with the story. You're learning about this murder case. You're presented with like a murder file. Mm-hmm. It, everything that you would expect from playing like or watching like Law and Order and stuff that you come to know how trials work. Um, so you're getting like evidence. You're getting different things. You're not picking them up. You're getting them as a lawyer, kind of that that kind of a situation, and. With the evidence, the things that you have on hand, you have to basically find a way to crack this case wide open to say, you know, like, out of these people that end up taking the stand, this guy is actually the definite murder suspect. And there's holes in his story, and you have to find the means of the holes in the story with the evidence that you hold. Gotcha. So it's 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 a really cool experience. It's that way throughout consistently throughout the whole game. It's kind of like a puzzle game. A in a way, yeah. in, in a sense. I mean, you, you do have to think outside the box of how you're doing specific things. Like, the first one was almost like a word puzzle, in a way, with the the victim, or the person that's saying that they found the body ended up being the person that was the murderer, but uh, his times were off, and the way that you could figure out the time was because there was like a power outage at one point in time, that happened. Um, the murder sus or the person that got killed, uh, the victim, I guess I should say, they uh, they were uh, out of the country at one point in time, and when they came back stateside, there's a there's a clock that plays a uh, part into it, and the way the clock was set has something to do with uh, the way like they were traveling time wise yeah. and stuff like that. And that played a time part of an important uh, time for it. And then the time that the call was made versus the time that the person was actually murdered didn't match up. So you had to kind of go through your evidence list and try and figure out specific things based off of what you had in your hands to figure out this person is actually lying to me in this instance, this instance, Ah. and this instance. And that's kind of how it boils out. So more or less, it's, it's kind of just consuming the story, listening for holes that could potentially be in people's stories, and then finding the evidence to fill those holes and figuring out who, if that person is really telling the truth or not, kind of. Gotcha. Um, I, I knew that it was going to kind of be like that going into it, but I didn't realize it was going to be basically that the whole way through. Uh-huh. I thought maybe there might be, maybe there's some side games or something. Like, no, it's just, <laughs> it's just nothing but pure stories. So that's why... 
you know, I r- went through the first couple of chapters worth, and chapter is basically your story that you're mm-hmm. going through with them. So going through each individual story, I kind of like went through two, went through the introduction, one went through the next one. I was just like, I'll put it down for just a minute because it's fun and I like it a lot, but I just don't want to keep reading story after story That's after a lot story to and stuff. Um, consume in one sitting yeah, or something. It's almost like watching like a, it's like watching an episode of a show in a way. Okay. You're reading, you're watching an episode of a show. And like Law and Order, you know, I mean, like not every single episode is going to be about the exact same incident kind of a Definitely. thing. So there's always going to be a different story, a different tale, and you have your same familiar character that you have that's in there that you're kind of throwing in the mix. I love SVU. You like SVU? Yeah. Cool. So, I mean, yeah. She makes it. So it's, yeah. And uh, Christopher Maloney's great too. Yeah, he is. When he was on it. Yeah. Um, but I mean, it's it's that kind of just in a nutshell. It was a really fun game. I'm definitely going to play more of it. Um, but I think it's... To me, a very good game that you can take out in chunks and intervals. It, it plays out more that way. Cool. To me. You know, like once a week, playing a couple of chapters, mm-hmm. reading it. It's like it's watching like an hour need. of TV, basically. And then you're just like, cool, I'm set for the next week. You know, yeah. the next episodes aren't going to be the same. I don't have to binge watch a, a Law & Order marathon. Like, yeah. You, know? uh, you like it enough to return to it in a week, but you don't need it enough to sit there and do the whole thing at once. Exactly. That's, That's what it is for like me, that. anyway. I like it in that kind of consumption, which mm-hmm. I don't really have a lot of games that are like that to me. Definitely. So it's cool to have a game that, that is that way. Cool. Um, you mentioned Toe Jam and Earl. Yeah. Uh, was that earlier or last episode? Let me talk about what the Sega stuff. and the, the Oh, the, the, re, the, re, uh, the new Toe Jam and Earl is what we were, we were talking yes. about with Earthworm Jim and stuff. With Earthworm Jim. That yeah. was last episode because yeah. we mentioned Earthworm Jim. Mm-hmm. I played the new Toe Jam and Earl. Oh, did you really? <laughs> yeah, I didn't want to talk about it. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yeah, uh, I bought it on uh, Keith's recommendation. Uh, I had some money that was left from... Uh, a gift card that was on my Xbox account and just never spent it and it was on sale so I got it and I only had to pay like five bucks on nice. it um, so I got that on Keith's recommendation because this one you can actually do co-op with and he wanted yeah. a partner to play co-op with mm-hmm. so I said sweet well I'll get it and we'll play it together Yeah. so uh, one night Dallas was playing Destiny and just was in our group chat basically while we were oh, playing okay. you guys were he was on there yeah he was just talking with us mm-hmm. while he was playing that and then uh, me and Keith were playing through um the first big chunks of Toe Jam and Earl, it's the same as classic Toe Jam and Earl. I told him, I was like, legitimately, I think the original one came out probably over 20 years ago. I'm thinking like 23, think so. 24 years ago at this point. And it's probably been that long since I played a Toe Jam and Earl game. That's funny. So I said, this is exactly what I remember. Just on a newer scale, they have new characters that you can play as. I played as a girl character. I can't think of what her name is off the top of my head. I think he played as Toe Jam. Um, and then uh, go through the levels together. There's different era. It, how a level on that game plays out is there is an elevator that you have to find somewhere in the world. And what you're, what happened during the course of this is that your spaceship that you're traveling in has broken. And scattered throughout these different levels that you're on are spaceship parts. Yes. Um, so awesome. you have to depending on the level, some of them don't have the parts, you get these presents that you find throughout that help you um, uh, throughout the level to fight different enemies and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Um, you open up the presents and it'll be like, oh, cool, you've got a slingshot that shoots like electric bullets or something uh-huh. like that. So you're using that to hit some of these enemies. Um, but most of the level, you're kind of navigating through them, just finding different coins, finding money so that you can level up your character to uh, to have a little bit you know stronger character, things like that nature. Um, and then just different presents 
um, and then trying to find these parts after you find your part for your ship on that level then you'll try to find the elevator and the elevator will take you up um, the whole premise of the levels being so open on there is if you fall off of a level you'd actually go back down to where you were the oh. level before and the Fair other person doesn't come with you so if I fell off of level 2 and went back down to level 1 Keith's still on level 2 he can mm. still get presents. He can try to find the elevator or find the part while I'm down here trying to get back to the elevator to get you. back up. Um, and there's penalties for specific things. You can only fall off and you can only you know die so many times, just like any other Anything. game. And it's cool because I, Keith died enough times at one point in time that I had, I think, two lives left. And I'm able to actually share my life to him oh, okay. so that way he could come back. That's um, cool. Which is very reminiscent of old Toejam and Earl and... Um, Playing this game reminded me of, which is, it's not the same in any way, shape, or form, truly, but it reminded me a lot of, like, the old Simpsons arcade games. Oh, yeah. It gives off that kind of a vibe to me. Nice. It is very 90s in every sense of Love the word. Um, but it's a really fun catch. If it ever gets a port to Switch, I would recommend you playing it. I don't know if it's on Sony yet. It is on. Well, there's there's a game on PlayStation. Is it? I don't know what it is. It's Back in the Groove is the name yes, of the... Yes, it's on okay, PlayStation. So that's it. Yeah. it may be it on might, Switch. It might be fun to do that. I don't know if it's on Switch or yeah, not. I, I was going to say, if it's on Switch, I would probably think that it'd probably it's be better fun Switch, to have. Yeah. yeah, it'd be fun to do portable, especially if you were playing it portable and yeah. I, or we could play it together that way too. Yeah. I, I think it'd be fun, but... Um, I want to say it might be because I was thinking about... I don't know. I was writing it down and it ended up being Towel Jam and Earl uh, is what my autocorrect went to. Towel. Yeah. Like, uh, I'm going to wipe off. Towel Jam. Towel Jam. It's uh, <laughs> gross. Uh, but uh, I, was, I was thinking, oh, I don't think that's on my wish list anymore on PlayStation. I think it's not on there anymore because it is available perhaps on Switch is why it's why it's no longer there. That's cool. Uh, but I also have played one more game that I have on my list. Uh, there's a game that is a card-based game in a way. Cards Against Humanity. No. It is called Reigns. Okay. Um, they made a version of this game. I'll, I'll just kind of briefly explain mm-hmm. what Reigns is. So Reigns itself in general, it's a mobile game. I think it's also on tablets as well, too. It's not on consoles or anything, but that I know of. It might be on Switch because of the touchscreen. That makes sense. Okay. So I, don't, mm-hmm. I know it's not on Xbox or any of that stuff. But um, So basically, it's a way of creating... You're either a king or a queen for a kingdom that is uh, looking up to you for whatever, you know, just to, to rule over the land and everything. And um, it has these little tabs that are up there one is for like the currency for the kingdom like how much money the kingdom has if you're in debt or not kind of a thing there's one that's for the church like a religious aspect of it that you like are you in good with the church or are you not good with the church because sometimes it's important for a king to kind of be okay with the church yeah um the people you know if you're good with the people or not you know if the, the subjects of the land respect you or not and the same thing with like your military force too so those are those four things that you have to kind of keep an eye on you do not want them to be too full like full all the way and you don't want them to be depleted all the way so sometimes you do have to say some things that for the people might sound kind of shitty but in Just a way it's a kind of bring them down a bit to show them like i'm not you i'm a king i'm a king i don't like so, this game already so uh, the card aspect of it is a card pops type. up on it and it will say something really effective like a person may say, uh, our armies are, uh, we found a new material that we can make you know better blades with for the army. So if you 
have your finger on the card, you either kind of tilt it to the left and you'll mm -hmm. see one response. You tilt it to the right, you'll see another response. And you have to flick to whichever direction you want to say that response of. So if they're saying something to the effect of like, we found a new ore that we can make really strong swords out of, but we would take cost money to mine, you'd be like, okay, so you're going to get a plus for the military because they're going to have new weapons and stuff and they're excited about it, but your money's going to take a shit because you're adding money to that. Yeah. There's cost and effect to a lot of other things, and mm -hmm. certain things might cost like all four things. So then you don't know which way it'll play out because there's an up and arrow, there's no up arrow, down arrow kind of a thing. It'll just let you know like it's going to affect one of these four so things. So then you have to all think about it things. yourself and go, okay. Yeah, because you also can't be like, make? you know, if I say yes to the army every single time, the army is going to get too strong for me and they can overthrow the empire kind yeah. of a thing. Makes Same sense. thing with the subjects. The subjects will be like, he's just an everyman. We're just as strong as him. We might as well just be a democracy. Yeah. You know, something to that effect. Um, I explain all of that because there is a version of the game that has come out now that is Game of Thrones themed. Oh, cool. So it rolls out to the point of the main character of this game is a character from the Game of Thrones universe named Melisandre. She is a, uh, a red witch. She, uh, she, is a follower of what they call the Lord of Light in the series. And basically she's looking into the flames and she's seeing basically a bunch of what if scenarios. Mm -hmm. And it's like, what if this person would be king or queen? And instead of just playing one king or queen like you would in Reigns, because mm -hmm. it's like infinite possibilities kind of a thing, you play as a character from the game, from the show. Gotcha. So you'll start off playing as Tyrion, the Peter Dinklage's mm -hmm. character. Um, and you'll he'll be king at that point, and you make the same things, and all of the lands are all different lands from, uh, from the land of Westeros in the in Game of Thrones. So it's a really cool concept of taking that game and then throwing it in with yeah. that kind of a thing of just having like a big what if scenario of Game of Thrones because it has some context to some things that have happened in the series, but it's all still like a big what if. I mean, yeah, king, you make king, your you know, own Tyrion's game. not king on the throne. Neither is, you know, some of these other characters that they might throw your way mm -hmm. eventually. You unlock characters, actually, too, based on, which is a cool concept, you, based on the way that you uh, perform or say specific things, gotcha. you will lead you down a path that you might interact with these characters, and then it opens up a door for that character to kind of come into play. So, like, I played as Daenerys Targaryen, um during the course of the events and eventually she crossed paths with Jon Snow and then it opened up the path for me to play as Jon Snow as potentially being the hypothetical king of Westeros and then you know that opened up a way for me to play as Gendry you know another character and it keeps going on and on and it has same principle endless possibilities because you can always like fuck up and be like oh no the bank got too powerful and now they're going to overrun and the bank's going to rule the world and they've killed me Gotcha. So there's always that kind of. Is it kind of like a? Is it a like a monopoly sized game? Like as far as like how long it takes to play a round? Of yeah, it this? depends. It's it not really round based because it can keep going on. They have it judged based off of moons. So how many days and nights kind of a cycle that you've gone through mm -hmm. is you know how they kind of judge your length of time that you've done things. So your reign as this character could last you know 
30, 40 moons, depending on how good of a decision so, you make and how balanced you keep it. So if like, so if perhaps the army took over, <laughs> that would end your characters. And then some, you can you keep playing, but you keep playing as a you can insert a different yeah, or you character. can or you can play as that character again and try it out again, oh, kind okay. of a thing. You don't you, that character is not dead for good, and every and everything still stays the same, or you start back at zero. You start again. back at zero, but it gives you a different scenario, so okay. it's a different game essentially. So it is point. a it's not like a you're not continuing yeah. the game, you get a restart. Yeah, not, yeah you restart. Oh, it's okay. not always restarted the same. So like. It's you might say, like, if you're as John, you're not going to start off talking as Sam, you know, uh, a character from the show, you know, just starting off talking as him. The next time you might start off talking to some character that's like a villain character yeah. and it just leads you down a completely different set Me. of corridors. So it's really cool how it completely rotates and keeps changing. And it's one of those games that's kind of like Phoenix Wright in a way. You know, I could sit down and play as a character for quite a while, get, you know, 30, 40 moons in, fuck up, die, and then be like, cool put my phone away go do something else for a while kind of yeah. a thing it's fun in that sense like and it is like a game that you could play continuously or you could put it down for a while and yeah. go back and it was uh it was on sale and that's why i got it because i have that uh google rewards app where mm-hmm. i get i answer surveys and i get money from google that goes to my play store yeah. um and it was on sale for like 67 cents or some shit like that because it's supposed to be like a three dollar game ah and since it was on sale, I guess because Game of Thrones is out right, you know, going on right now. Yeah. So that's probably why they put it on sale. But since it was on sale and I had like two something in my money on there, I was just like, I'll just fucking get it real quick. It sounds cool. And then I tried playing it, started playing it. I was a lot better, bigger than what I was expecting. Cool. Uh, what do you have on games? Um, so I obviously I've been playing a little bit of the Game Boy Advanced SP. Mm-hmm. Uh, nothing major. Just kind of been messing around with those games that, that I had purchased that we previously discussed. Um, I played the critical mode on Kingdom Hearts 3 uh, for a, a hot minute. I heard uh, it was hard. It's hard. <laughs> um, so I, I, don't, I know it's been a while since you started Kingdom Hearts 3, like played the very beginning, mm-hmm. but when you first go, there's all the movies, and then you are Sora, and you're in like the water like mm-hmm. area. Like it's like the, the reflective. water matches the clouds, and you yeah. fight the dark side guy. Yeah, so you, you hit a couple of heartless... And then you hit dark side, and dark mm-hmm. side's. You know, I didn't get past dark side. Yeah. <laughs> so I heard, I, I heard it's like one hit KO in the very beginning segments. It, it's very much. difficult. I was like, oh, that'll be cool. Uh, like I was expecting to get through, like into like Hercules, like uh, before you start matching some difficulty, and then like good. hitting like some issues in yeah. in there. Um, I figured that you're when you're trying to work through the controls. Like what's that called? Like your your tutorial yeah. area? I figured there's no way they'll make that that difficult, but it was rough. Yeah, and I'm not you know I was just doing it for fun anyway, so I gave up pretty quickly on yeah, it. Yeah, um, that's understandable. I won't revisit the critical mode. No, I needless don't. to say, a lot of people were saying like it's so easy, and then they they said whenever they were gonna release critical mode, they were like, all right, you guys fucking asked for it. It's gonna be hard as shit. Yeah. Yeah, and but, I'm sure there's people who are really good at it. But oh yeah, I'm sure there's there's people that can play through shit like that fucking flawlessly. Yeah. But uh, that's it's not my that's, jam. That's too difficult for me. Yeah. I I don't want to do a one hit KO on a lot of shit. Yeah, I'm not interested. There's only a handful of games that I'm okay with that being, and that's yeah. the games are conceptually designed that way, but they're also designed that you can navigate it pretty easily. Yeah, there's a lot going on in the dark side battle too. A lot of different projectiles, other horses that come up and yeah. stuff too. So. Uh, and then I played the uh, a little a little fancy game called the uh, Ducktales Remastered. Yeah. Um, Did you go to the moon? Came out to uh, on uh, PlayStation Three. 
I think it. They also released a. I know they released like a Wii or a Wii U version of it when they did the remaster. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I don't know what other if it, it was came the out Wii on Xbox U. I'm pretty well. sure. Uh, yeah, I think it's on Xbox too. But I bought it twice. I bought it on Wii U, and then I also bought it when it came out on PlayStation Three as well. Um, and I don't have the Wii U anymore, so I was sitting. And I was. I have the 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 PlayStation Three is in my room, and I I, I get to it every once in a while. I'll turn it on. I'm like, what am I gonna dick around with? Because I've got like three games I'm rocking on there. I'm mm-hmm. rocking like original Tomb Raider. Uh, Ducktales and Alice, uh, like so. I've got the three; those three games are what I I've got like in rotation, and I'll play a little bit of. Um, and so I was like, I'll try out Ducktales again, and I went through and I played the first world, which is like you're in the jungle, and um, you know I think most people know the uh, the concept behind the Ducktales game, the first one that originally came out on what Super Nintendo NES, uh, any oh an NES even. Um, is just you're on a treasure hunt. You're Scrooge McDuck, and you're going on treasure hunts. And his of cane, course, his the, cane's like a fucking pogo stick. The pogo stick, and of course, your nephews and niece get in all kinds of trouble regularly throughout the game, and you got to rescue them as part of your plot point. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hop in there. So I did the the Jungle World again. I think I've started this game nine different times, and uh, and I also have the Disney Afternoon Collection on PS4, mm-hmm. which has the non remastered version of this game, which I find to be a lot more difficult than the remastered. You I don't think? know why. I don't know why. Maybe I need to go back and play. <laughs> that the... might just be the way that the the frames have been corrected whenever they remastered everything, so it plays more pixel perfect versus the other one could have. If it's the original original yeah. version of it, then you could have like lag and latency and shit like that with which it makes it harder to jump on things yeah. and stuff. Um, that makes sense. But uh, it looks pretty. That's a pretty looking game for like if you're into Disney cartoons, like that that remaster is real nice. Just to say that. Uh, but I busted through that jungle uh, level in like 15, 20 minutes maybe, um, and I was like, well, that was easy. I bet I could beat this game if if there's only five worlds to this. I bet I could do it. Um, and over the course of like three or four days, I finished the game, and uh, and I was pretty proud of myself for uh, for finishing a game um, that I've purchased, well, I guess three times if you count the Disney Afternoon Collection, and uh, have never gotten past the first world before. Right. Uh, so it was it was a is a good game though. I like that game. It's a got to be a classic. Um, it makes me definitely want to go uh, check out the other Disney Afternoon games still, in that collection. I like, still think the the Moon level. That's what I mentioned at moon the beginning. Of the, the music on the Moon level is like one of my favorite video game yeah. musics ever. Yeah. I don't know. Just something about it is like it says just in eight bit music. It's spells out like adventure for you. It's just the overarching the dun, 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 dun. it's just like I'm about ready to do some cool shit right now. It's awesome. Yeah. Um but yeah, that's those are my games. That was my my big one is DuckTales. We movies TV next? Uh yeah, we do movies TVs next. I, I closed my thingy. Uh I guess we seen a movie together. We or did not together, movie. but we seen a movie. Do you want to talk about that first or last? Uh, we can talk about it last. I only had one other thing that I watched, so okay. that's it'll be go quick for me, and then you can or, talk about everything else that you did. I'll, pr- I'll propose something else. Do a you toast? want to talk about the the Avengers Endgame movie at the very end of the podcast, in case people don't want they want they don't want to listen to the spoilers? That and works. It's just tacked on the end. That works. That's an option. Yeah, we'll do that at the very end. Okay, we'll, we'll give you a little spoiler warning whenever we talk about it. Um, so what you what uh, what other thing did you watch? Uh, I was supposed to watch Walking Dead. I didn't get a chance to, Uh-oh. but I did watch episodes three and four now of Game of Thrones. So there's only G-O-T. two more left. They're out now. It's done. 
Huh? It's done. No, I'm at five and six of the... Uh, no, that's they're it. done, though. By yeah. the time this airs, it's over. Yeah. It's done. Yeah, it'll be done, done. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry about uh, the, the, the dragons. Yeah. They died. How about that Iron Throne? <laughs> so by this time this come out, uh, episodes three and four have been out. Obviously, episode three was very highly anticipated. It's one of the, the biggest... Battle. Yeah, the biggest battle that they've ever done. The biggest battle that's ever been filmed, uh, ever. Um, it was The episode was called The Long Night. The Night King had finally approached the army uh, that has amassed of the living. Um and the entirety of the beginning of that episode was very like fucking nail biting and you just felt like anxiety the whole time leading up to it. They did a really good job like making you feel super anxious before anything even fucking started. Um, But once it actually started, it was really cool. There's a a character that comes back and returns. Um, One of the first things that you see, you can't even see the army of the dead at this point because it's so dark. And it's so, it's like nighttime, it's dark, you can't see them on the horizon, you know they're there, basically. Um, these characters that are like, uh, basically like horse riding warlords. It's what Jason Momoa was when he was on the show, they're called the Dothraki. I gotcha. They, uh, this character comes back, her name's the Melisandre character I was talking about, the Lord of Light, the Red Witch. Mm-hmm. And she basically holds her hand on one of their swords, they have these like traditional, uh, Indian blades that are like uh, they almost look like sickles in a way kind of um, she holds her hand on one of their swords and she basically makes them all to where they light on fire which is uh, you know optimal because you want to be you able see. to fuck it, that you can see one and you can also the fire will be something that the dead are uh, you know prone to burning more so than anything else like a fire is something that hurts them really bad because they're all like ice kind of in a way um, so they all have the Dothraki are on their horses. They make the first charge, the giant wave of fucking Dothraki go into the night. And you just, only thing is you can see during the course of it is just their light, like their, their swords. And you see them like swinging around. And then within the spans of like the next minute and a half, all of the lights go out. Like literally all of them. They're like all fucking out. And that's all you see is just nothing but darkness. And everybody's just kind of standing there like staring like, what the fuck happened Mm -hmm. and maybe they're still fighting and then occasionally you see some horses running back and then you see some Dothraki trying to like scramble they're like all injured and cut and then a couple of the main characters that were out there fighting were like retreating and stuff like that and they're all hurt kind of too and it's just because like the army of the dead is so massive and so large that it's just like they tried to come up to them and there was just like fucking nothing so like within an instant these characters that we've seen since like season one all the Dothraki that are like the army that they brought with them over the seas, like completely gone, like done. The Dothraki story is over now. An entire army is gone. Mm-hmm. Um, it just gets into a point point to where the armies finally clash. It's a really huge epic battle. There's actually like a dragon fight that happens in the sky and stuff too. That's really ever like there's scenes in this that are like some of the best shot cinemata- cinematography that I've ever seen. The way that like they reflect some of the light in the characters' eyes, the shots are very like thought provoking. Whenever the dragons are up there, you have like the moon brightening up, like you see like the billowing of clouds below them, and you just see like them fighting in front of the moon in the clouds and stuff too. And really, really beautiful epic shots. But it ended in a super satisfying way. Um, I won't spoil it too much, but we don't have to worry about an army of the dead anymore. 
Um, and then the next episode is just kind of more exposition that's leading up to what will be the final thing. Because this has all been, as much as it's been about the army of the dead destroying the world, it's all been about the throne. Who is going to sit on the throne at the end? And the best, the final battle will be probably this next week or the week after, I'm assuming, probably next week. Because I think the next episode would probably wrap most of everything up. I gotcha. I think that the next battle will more than likely be this Sunday coming up. But... I'm not really sure on that. Uh, but we're going to have an army of Cersei Lannister, who is now like the queen of the Seven Kingdoms on the Iron Throne, and her people versus the, what's left of the armies that fought against the dead, basically. And now with the reinforcements that she has and this, these guys coming back up, they're kind of, you know, war-wounded and winded mm-hmm. and whatnot, and they're all still fresh, and they armies are basically at the same size now, whereas this one was, the ones that were fighting the dead was massive at I one see. point in time, but they took so many casualties now, it's like 20,000 people versus 20,000 people. Um, so it'll be a completely even match. I'm excited to see what's going to end up happening, but so far it's it's been a really good season. A lot of people were saying that they thought that the writing and certain things were kind of hackney with it and that they feel like it's rushing and i'm just like yeah of course it's rushing we're with six episodes to tell the rest of this massive story be thankful that we have these episodes not just being 60 minutes like they normally are like they're extended the last episode was like an hour and a half yeah to do one big battle sequence so it it was a very important climax to a big huge arc that got a big payoff and Mm -hmm. everything too so I don't know. I've been enjoying it very thoroughly. What have you watched apart cool. from uh, apart from the old Avengers? Um, so we've got we wrapped up a lot of seasons of things mm-hmm. uh, this past couple weeks, um, or at least I did. A couple of them, everybody wrapped up, and then another one not so much. Um, I finished watching American Gods season two, yeah. which, uh, as expected, it did end with him getting a uh, getting a, a fake ID for Mike Ansel and getting on a bus and heading uh, towards that chapter of the book cool um very good i mean it's like i said before when we were talking about this show american gods is a solid story and a great add-on to the book um developing characters that don't get a chance to shine in the book nearly as much and uh or didn't at that time maybe you know maybe gaiman didn't see a reason to develop those characters um i think everybody that i i have a couple people that watch it that i'm friends with on facebook and one of them he said that He's really, really, really happy with the acting that's been going on in both seasons, the second yeah. season more so. And he said everybody's acting is really strong except for the main lead actor. Um, the, like, Shadow? Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, he said he didn't like his acting as much as he liked everybody else's. He said not that it's bad. Yeah. He said, but he just felt like it could have been better, I guess, presented. Yeah, I and know. I was just like, I don't know. I've never watched huh. it, so. I like him. I think he <laughs> plays a good Shadow. I think yeah. that there's a... There's a, a, a an Im- not an emptiness, aid an innocence to shadow that has to be played and portrayed, um, which is I think a, a double meaning to how Laura calls him puppy. Mm-hmm. She calls him puppy because she wanted a puppy, and he's like, "You don't need a puppy. I'll be your puppy." And so she calls him puppy all the time. But I think there's also an innocence to him that portrays through being an innocent puppy uh, mm-hmm. through that, uh, just generally throughout the the length of it all. But they do make him not smarter, but I think he figure he's figuring things out slightly faster or more aware of what he's involved in in the show than I think he does in the book even. Um, I don't know, I'm I'm super 
uh, my my favorite part of of all of you know these last two seasons has been and I've talked about over and over again is Laura Laura Moon and her kind of rise as a character and getting to do so much more um, and not just behind the scenes she's a lot of behind the scenes in the book um, and then the Leprechaun which I cannot think of his name uh, ever um, and and his his uh, what he gets to bring to the table as yeah. well and especially their relationship together but ended great um i'm excited to see him be my cancel and get to play and that because you kind of from that angle from this story you almost get an an almost entirely different cast around shadow for for that next story yeah um so you kind of laura stays around but you know in in the story she's behind the scenes the leprechaun's gone um, you don't see Mr. Wednesday nearly as much because that's the whole point of Shadow being in hiding is that he's not around Mr. Wednesday and that's why he becomes my cancel. So you get a, almost a separate story uh, with that. So I'm excited to see where that plays out. That's cool. Uh, Gotham wrapped up season five and uh, its entire series. Got him. Um, it ended, I think, just the way that everybody kind of was aware of. Batman? Uh, yeah, it, and I mean... And which is interesting, and I wasn't, I didn't get it, but it was pointed out um, by someone that they don't reference Joker ever. We knew that as Joker, we don't ever call him Joker. Um, no, do they call him anything else other than then uh, whatever his name is? Yeah, I was gonna say Alaska. Cameron. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Jerome. They always call him Jerome, um, and then they never call him Batman, and it's because they don't have the rights to do that. I got you. Um, those are main characters that belong to the movie it's universe. The same thing with like the. Hey, uh, Harley's character's name is like Echo or something. It could right? be. It Mr. could be Mr. why Mr. they don't talk Echo. call her Harley Quinn too. I didn't yeah. think about that. It's a good point. Um, but and yeah, I guess because so much was already revealed about the end, um, I didn't. There wasn't really much to yeah, say I'm not, about. The I'm end. not there, and I saw a bunch of shit about yeah. it from yeah. different stills and stuff. It was just everywhere, and it was hard to escape anything. Yeah. Anyway, the trailer. I mean, the fact that they released a trailer for the season finale was a little bit awkward. Um, because it gave you everything you needed to know about what was going on. Um, you can kind of piece together everything else knowing the Batman lore. Yeah. Um, so it kind of, it ended, um, almost as flat as it started, which kind of sucked because I had a pretty good yeah, bump the middle throughout ground it. has been really um, good going through. Not that it was horrible, but it just, it didn't grab me, uh, with it all. Um, I finished watching Titans, um, so that I can, I haven't gotten to Doom Patrol yet, which was one of my palms. Yeah. Uh, but I did finish Titans so that I'm ready to run into Doom Patrol. Um, and Titans was one of those that, um, I think throughout we knew that the story was about Raven or Rachel, um, uh, and how, uh, what is happening with her kind of brought together this band of misfits to protect her and to, um, then have lives that interacted with each other because of that. Um, and it ended very, very Rachel heavy, uh, very Raven heavy, uh, things to do with her father and all of that. And just as it was really getting to where it was building that world and we kind of got to see, um, Dick Grayson really build as a character into something more than just someone who's pissed at Batman and deciding to break up with Batman. Um, it ends. It's the end of the season. So... Um, I hope that we get a lot more of, of character development for everyone yeah. in season two. Um, it's because cool knowing that you are going to have a Bruce next season for sure. And yeah. that you're going to have 
more. I'm sure it'll build up on it more as well. Sure, we can get a real angsty Robin that's taking his aggression out on maybe or Nightwing. maybe maybe the angstiness will take a back seat a little bit more. Like, I mean, he'll I'm, or maybe he'll confront it with Batman. Like he'll yeah, actually I mean, that could be he'll address it directly instead yeah. of complaining about it. And be like I don't like the way he did things, so I ran away, and now I'm gone. <laughs> Uh, so we'll see. I, I, I'm, I'm on board. I'll watch it. Uh, I did watch Into the Spider-Verse, the Spider-Man story. Yeah. Uh, that's how that's titled now. Into the Spider-Verse, the Spider-Man story. Uh, <laughs> uh, that's a good movie. Yeah, it is. I mean, I know everybody else in the world told me that already. Yeah. But I mean, now that I finally took the time to sit and watch it. You can get, you can give it its turn. I mean, everybody's blowing it. That's it's a, really good. That's a good movie. It's real good. It's not even just like good for an animated movie. Like that's it's, just a, it's good just it's all around, front to back. Whether it's a super, whether you're not a fan of superhero movies or whatever, it's storytelling and building yeah. and story world. Once he gets bit by the spider and it immediately turns into a yeah. fucking comic book, it's fucking yeah. awesome it's and great. it's charming beyond belief. And all you know how everybody plays with each other throughout it all, like their interactions with each other is mm-hmm. just great. I had my my friend Troy was over the other day and I was like, "You seen Into the Spider Verse yet?" I just watched. It. I was fresh off of it. I was like, "This is the bee's knees," and he's like, "No, I wanted to get in and see it." I was like, "Here it is. Watch it." He's <laughs> like, "Thanks." Um, watch the Adam Sandler Hundred Percent Fresh, the stand up on yeah. Netflix that he has. Um, that is uh, it's good. It is um, so Adam Sandler has done a lot of comedy over the years. Uh, most of it revolving around music. Um, also knowing that I personally have gotten away from comedy music being something that really lights my fire on a, on a regular basis. Um, was curious about this. It's t- it took me about three watchings to consume the whole show. Um, but essentially it's snippets of him playing at different venues over a tour. And so he does like a song here, song there, song there, song there. And just kind of rotates around. Um... But he tells little jokes in between. And we talked about this previously when we were talking about just Adam Sandler in general. And it was a it was a big reminder that um, as stupid as Adam Sandler can be, in general, I like that guy. I like his comedy. I like He can get a little goofy. He can get a little... Uh, that's not really necessary. Whether it's not necessary in like a... Like, why are we like twisting each other's nipples in so many yeah, movies? I, I've not kind of thing. I've not watched the hundred percent fresh or not not yeah. in my everybody that I've talked to that's watched it said it's a really good stand up yeah. though, yeah. Yeah, it's solid. I I don't I'm not even that familiar with his material to know how much of it's original and how or original for that special versus callbacks to other things so most of the stuff that he used to do from any of the albums that would would come out were just small skits that they would do and then most of it was songs yeah so it wasn't and he a did ton a lot of, of like stand-up stuff to it for yeah. the most part but there were i mean it was it was probably 80 percent songs but yeah i didn't know any of the songs but i also don't know most of his albums is yeah. what i'm saying i only knew like one really really well i know he didn't play lunch lady land so i don't know i mean yeah. so it's not if he I was i don't know that might have been on an album but i mean he didn't some of the stuff that he did on snl like piece like, of shit car wasn't there i know that song yeah. <laughs> Steve Polycarnopoulos. Uh but uh, so it may have all been brand new. I I wasn't interested enough to like have to dive and find out, but it was just good. I mean, he's he's fifty one now, and that's during that special at least, and uh, and so it was interesting to see him now talking a lot about his kids and uh, kind of how that all plays together. 
Um, but then shortly after he was on that hosted SNL and I watched that as yeah. well and uh, laughed harder than I probably had at any SNL in a long time. And I think it's because of him. It wasn't because it's, any of the other people the, on that yeah, cast are good because most of them suck. I think some of the cast members really do hit it for me still. I, I've always consistently liked SNL even whenever people were considering it at its lowest. Um, a lot of the what I would consider their most recent AAA cast members had been gone, you know, you're like Kristen Wiig, you're Bill Hader and all of those, yeah. now that they're all gone, there's there's not a ton left, um, obviously Keenan Thompson's still there, he's been there for fucking forever now. Right leave. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think somebody this else last too. season. Somebody else too. Uh, I can't think, she was in Ghostbusters. She's Leslie Jones? It. Nope. What's her oh, name? um. I can't think of her name. Kate McKinnon. Yeah. She might be leaving her contract oh, really? at the end of this year, and she hasn't decided if she's going to re-sign for another yeah. year. Or she's if getting she's a lot of movies done, done. and stuff now. Yeah, so. so she might be leaving too. Which is, if they leave, that's, rough. that's, that's a pretty bare bones cast. Yeah, not that I don't, I don't like I, Leslie Jones, but Leslie Jones just doesn't do it. She for can't me a hold lot. up a lot. Um, not on her own. No, she can't hold up a lot. Uh, I know Pete Davidson gets a lot of uh, traction, but he is not good. Um, what's his name? I Jost. feel like he's 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 not to me is good at sketch comedy as he is of a stand-up comedian. He's good at oh, doing a story and good at telling a joke. I don't think I joke. can handle it. I mean, it annoys the piss out of me. Yeah, he's good at doing a joke and he's good at doing stories and stuff like that, to me anyway. I and he's got segments on like Weekend Update where he does that stuff where he'll be on there and he'll actually basically be almost telling a story and doing kind of a stand up type yeah. thing instead of just, you know, they'll say it is Pete and not like a character or something. Yeah. Who's but, uh, is it Jost uh, Colin Jost? Colin is that, Jost. And who does like Weekend Update and yep. stuff like that? He's not bad. Him and Michael Che. Yeah, do it yeah. together. They're not bad. No, they're not bad. I Michael like Che's okay. Either. Like, they're, but they're not standout. They don't. They don't do anything yeah. that is like so I said, amazing. It sucks that whenever your standouts do leave and stuff. But there's some of the people that have some good characters and some good skits. But yeah. it's always few and far in between whenever they do it. Now, if they're going, they end up leaving. They're going to be the ones that are the main cast members. It's going to be hard for them to hold yeah. their own on. Stuff. I can't believe that. I don't feel like there's enough of them in there that are going to be able to be mm-hmm. hold their own as a main cast member. Maybe they maybe somebody else steps up, maybe they get somebody that becomes that, you know. Yeah, that would that. that would have to they be have that to, way. Yeah. yeah. Unless they go and they, they go into another dark period where it's not they just yeah. have a, a a cast with not yeah. a lot of leaders. I don't know. It, it's it. it's so hard to pick because they've gone on for so many seasons now. I don't know. I think next season is season 45, I don't know. if I'm not mistaken. So, I don't, That's it. Seems like it should it. be more. That's a lot of years, dude. Well, I know it's a lot of forty-five years. <laughs> yeah, I'm Since aware of 70s. how many years it's forty-five. Yeah, no, I mean, it's seven. Is forty-five years the seventies? Yeah, it seems like that should be further away. It's not. I guess because seventy. My brother, my brother. Next will be, year will be fifty. My brother years will be forty-one, and he was born in seventy-eight. Yeah, but seventy to twenty is fifty years. Yes. So like I'm thinking more of like yeah you just in that general aspect yeah, yeah no, that's really I mean, when it started was in the 70s yeah it I started in the 70s Chevy Chase and uh, I thought it was late before Belushi that and all those guys Guacha um, yeah so it was it was cool just Adam Sandler all over the place um, music that's cool. Um, so I accidentally erased my music list on my keep. Great job. I, whenever I was talking earlier, I just backed up and I erased it off my board already. So I didn't have it. So I'm gonna have to try and remember it. I know one of them was an artist by the name of Mark Rebillet. I don't know how you're supposed to pronounce his name. Uh-huh. Uh, he's basically an improvado, uh, DJ 
like songwriter kind of guy. Okay. He sings in them too. Um, it was on my my Spotify recommended for me list to check it out. One song that I listen to, uh, I would recommend is called "Look at That Ass." Oh God! Um, and it's uh, so he does all of his lyrics are off the cuff. Um, even the writing the loops for the music and stuff, he writes uh, more kind of like lo-fi R&B-ish type music in a way. Um, and uh, the one I was listening to caught me off guard because I didn't know it was. I was just like, this is going to be something just stupid, um, which it is. But uh, I didn't know that it was all improvised, which kind of makes me think like this would be really fun to do just in and of itself for me to do, whether mm-hmm. I put it out somewhere or not. I think it would just be fun to do it. He comes up with the beat, comes up with the loop, adds on different layers as the song's going on and records it. Yeah. Usually most of the songs... It's kind even, of a loop kind of process. They're, they're even in one take a lot of times, he yeah. says. Um, but uh, They better be, otherwise it's not improvising. Yes. Well, I mean, <laughs> recorded, done, one take kind of a thing, and yeah. that's, that's it, and it's out. Um, but the look at that ass song has it with him singing in a really high-pitched, like, smooth voice doing the, let me look at that ass... I want to see that ass. And then it ends with him talking about um, mostly wanting to look at her butthole. I don't think he necessarily wants to do stuff to it, but just wants to look at the butthole. And then he says something about getting close to it and then wanting to lick it. And then he says something at the very end about it smelling, uh, about it tasting like poopy. And he says the word poopy and it just caught me off guard for a reason. Just so like weird, random... It sounds like the most serious R&B song, lo-fi, cool hip-hop, and then just in the end of it, he's just like, uh, and it tastes like poopy, and it just caught me off guard, and I ended up laughing really hard off the spot, and I was on my way to work by myself, so that was a thing, and I just wanted to share it with a class. Yeah. I like going to share it with the class. This is a class. Uh, another one that's a more serious take is that's a, what we would call our, our listeners, or the class. The class? It's I Feel New Zealand and the class. Sounds like we're a full band. <laughs> IFNZ and the class. That's what I should name my backup band if I ever had one, would be Shad Schubert and the class. That is, yeah, that'd be, a good, that'd be a good name. And then when I'm gonna, when I'm like, oh, I'm going to share this with the class. Uh, when they, they're like, here's this bottle of wine, I'm like, oh, I'll share that with the class. <laughs> Another group that I started listening to that I never really listened to, uh... I'd heard them briefly, probably like a couple months ago, but I didn't really get dive into it. I listened to a full album. Was uh, Strawberry Girls? And they are an instrumental, like math rocky type band. Um, they have a couple of songs. One was the cover, and then that, if they do vocals at all, they usually have a couple of metal guest singers that come in and do some stuff. Um, usually, people from more. I don't know how I really do it. It's a more of like the pop punky metal. You know, they'll do the high voices and stuff that you'll hear every now and then. Like an under oath scream. type situation? Yeah, in a way. I got Kind you. of, I guess, alt metal. Screamo? Screamo in a way, I guess, yeah. Um, musically wise, I would put them on par with like uh, da- Dance Gavin Dance. It's like that kind of type of music without the vocals tied to it I the majority see. of the time. Uh, the album I listened to was Italian Ghosts. That's the most recent one that they released. Um, one of the first things that was suggested to me to listen to it again was that they did a cover of Kendrick Lamar's Swimming Pool, um, which is like one of his big singles that he had I from see. first that got him really popular. And it had some people doing vocals for it, but then I went back and listened to some of the other stuff off of that album um, on Italian Ghosts, and it's really good front to back just musically they're a very very talented bunch of guys nice um 
other than that, one of the other things that I was really listening to is I dip back into uh, Raleigh Ritchie, who is on Game of Thrones. He's the one that I, I talked about him before. Um, his name is Jacob Anderson in real life. And he plays Grey Worm, who is um, an, what, uh, an unsullied character on Game of Thrones. It's uh, They're basically like eunuchs, but they're like really warrior race kind of a people. Um, but in his hip-hop R&B thing, it's, his name is Raleigh Ritchie. And he put, out, uh, he put out a song on, I think, SoundCloud or something. And he shared it. It was a song that he had written and got everything done on an iPad while he was on set. Mm-hmm. It was like, a, as like a throwback Thursday, he posted it up on uh, his Instagram. And uh, I guess enough people responded to it. He put it out for people to just listen to the whole track. Because it was something he just didn't even want to put out. And he was just like, oh, enough people seem like they liked it, so here it is. Kind yeah. of a thing. Um, the best part of his stuff to me is the music is always super on point but his voice is really different and unique for a hip-hop artist he has almost like a really rich deep cockney accent so it sounds like a really super britishy person singing you know like you'll have somebody that's british like i think sam smith's british but whenever he sings you wouldn't hear that accent you don't hear it all kind of thing same thing with adele you don't hear that accent whenever Mm -hmm. she's singing or whatever this you clearly hear the accent whenever he said loving you's a blood sport and you hear it like in his stuff whenever he's doing his voice and it's it's awesome hmm. hearing it. it it's something that i didn't know that i really would need in an r&b thing but after i heard it, i was like give me more sir um he released one other single um came out at the end of last year but i never heard it because i haven't listened to his music in a while um but it's super solid too uh nice. but if you're in the mood for uh r&b i let me suggest to you a little raleigh richie all right Cool. Give me your music. Sir. Um, I checked out a couple of different. Uh, 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 what do you call them? Artists. Artists. We'll call them artists. Uh, this past week, um, one of them is a an artist called Rabble. W R A B E L. Uh, song came out a while back, uh, but just kind of was brought to my attention called The Village. Um, this is a, a pretty amazing uh, song. Um, and the video that goes along with it is, is, uh, makes it even better. Um, it's definitely, uh, a song that is, uh, dealing with, uh, coming out, you know, being gay, um, or, you know, any kind of, um, non-traditional, I guess, if you will, uh, sexual preferences. Um, it's definitely right on its sleeve. It's right there. Um, but the, the song is beautiful. Um, and he's got some other uh, pretty good uh, songs that are also out there, but I definitely want to talk about the village. Um, it was it's a, and it was pretty well written. I think it was clever. You know the the chorus is uh, something about being something's wrong in the village, and then it goes on a little bit, and then it says uh, there's something wrong with the village, and like the way that they play on it, kind of cr- bringing back lines, and the way that it's written is just spot on i'm assuming that maybe he may be homosexual uh, maybe that's know. what inspired that kind of from life experience maybe? i don't know i don't know much about the fella i didn't know yeah i was just clicking on it the village is the, like the most listened to song from him yeah i would imagine so that one in 11 blocks yeah 11 blocks is good yep. 11 blocks is a good song um yeah don't know much about him himself but the song is killer uh and then uh dermot kennedy uh is uh my other my other kind of pick of of new artists uh songs power over me 
but Dermot Kennedy uh, was on Ellen. That's where I watched him. Ellen. He's on Ellen. Uh, but he's uh, I, I don't, Irish, maybe. Uh, definitely from the the UK uh, region of things, and you can definitely tell in his uh, voice. He's from Dublin. Dublin. There yeah. we go. Uh, I thought it was an Irish accent. Um, and uh, that song is really good. It's kind of that got that real uh, kind of folk uh, feel to it, but he's got a real uh, deep, gravelly kind of voice, and I, I like that a lot. I like me some gravel. Uh, but he he's got some. He's got enough gravel to take care of your road back there. Oh shit! <laughs> I need some gravel on my road. Um, and then two other albums that came out by groups that uh, I'm already familiar with. One being the Damn Things High Crimes album mm-hmm. came out. Um, pretty good album. It's uh, definitely a little bit different than the first album. I felt like the the first album had a um, a kind of this is our band and this is what we do kind of bam. And every song, well, it didn't sound the same, but it sounded like it came exactly from that same collection. I of forgot songs. about that. I listened to that on my way to work one day. Yeah, because yeah. Uh, it was it was it went by pretty quick. I think it was yeah. only like thirty or forty or like forty or forty five minutes long. I believe that so it went yeah. for the whole trip basically. Yeah. But yeah, uh, it's good. It's good. It's it's solid. Um, but I think they take some risks in this album that mm-hmm. they didn't take in Iconoclast. Um, but I, I appreciate all of the risks they took. Yeah, the one single that came out, the second one was pretty yeah. hoppy for, yeah. for them anyway. The, yeah. All yeah. our friends are going, going to hell. hell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That one's fun and. It, it just seems like they're they're taking risks. Um, I feel like they, if I'm not mistaken, I heard a quote from one of them that was like, "This is the album we wish we would have put out first. Like mm-hmm. we wish this was our first one, but we needed to do what we did on Iconoclast before we were able yeah. to do it was that. like crucial and important to get that groundwork. But yeah. then this is what they really get. They to call this their freshman album it. almost. Yeah, it's kind of and, and the vibes of it is very much like um, in. To say because these are pretty great albums, I'm getting ready to spout out. But like, Toadie's Rubberneck to Toadie's Hell Below Me, Skies Above, like two totally different feels. Mm-hmm. Feel like they're coming from the same band, but different vibes completely. Yeah. Um, one is very I'm leading the groundwork in Rubberneck and with Iconoclast, and then you know Hell Below Me, Stars Above is takes some risks uh, that I also think that uh, High Crimes takes, but in a good yeah. way that will become will pay off for them. Um, so I'm excited for that. And then Shovels and Rope came out with a new album called By Blood. Um, and I'm I'm a long-term fan of the Shovels and Rope. It's good stuff. Um, this album is a little bit more of the same as their last album. Um, Me and Mandy went back and listened to uh, some of the covers. Yeah. Not, not that long The jukebox ago. Yeah. stuff. It was good. Yeah. Uh, but Shovels and Rope, I'm, I, I'm ready for them to do a little experimenting, I think. Because... They they got into a rut. It seems like shortly after their their second album, um, where they everything was doubled, where they mm-hmm. both sang everything together. Yes. The music's still good. And the music's still solid. But I'm I'm ready for them to break apart a little bit again because I appreciated more of when they would take turns singing uh, verses or when they would do calls back and forth to each other and take turns kind of trading. Um, the just the the continuous vocal together gets a little old, especially with their voices i don't yeah. know if their voices lend to doing that as well as i've heard some man women man woman voices do together man women man women <laughs> man women man women uh, but that's my music cool 
Uh, comics. I have <laughs> comics. two volumes of things that I have gone through. Uh, did you read a Bolivian song? I at did. All? Cool. So we can talk about that here can, in a second. Absolutely. I, I read. Uh, I finally went through and read through the most recent version of Star Wars: Darth Vader. I only read the first issue. So I this read the is whole the whole volume of it, though. This is the whole. This, this is this one started at the tail end of I think 2017. So this is the most recent run. So this is what they would call maybe like Vader Volume Two, like the series, second series. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. This is the first volume of what would be the second series. Yeah. Um, but this is the one I briefly talked about before, mm-hmm. um, where it is. Uh, it kind of goes back to like when he first it, became Vader. Yeah, he literally starts with him still screaming no. That's right. Yeah. Um, and it's like him force pushing everything and bending it. He even force pushes Palpatine against the wall, and Palpatine ends up getting pissed at him and fucking electrocuting him for it. But it's about them. You see them throwing all of the uh, Jedi's sabers into. Um, this giant contraption that is going to like basically burn them, like hyper explode them, mm-hmm. and this giant blue beam shoots out of it. Um, and him talking to him how the Sith constructs their sabers, um, that they don't construct a saber, that the saber comes from them killing a Jedi. Ah. So, in since he doesn't have a weapon to begin with at all, uh, he has to go out and find a Jedi, which he's like, which is going to be a daunting task since there are basically none left. Yeah. Um, so he finds the whole first volume kind of censors around him finding this Jedi um, with no weapon at this point in time and doing nothing but just Jedi techniques like force pushes and stuff like that to try and yeah, counterbalance and doing all this. Uh, mm-hmm. But the what I read further into was him actually coming to, because that first issue ends with him finding his ship because they put him on this planet and then uh where they left his ship these people uh this uh these like smuggler people like fucking skipped his ship took it ran off with it and they're trying to sell it to somebody else and uh it basically that first issue ends with him finding them and them getting a couple shots off of him and him having to realize like this is going to be more difficult than what I think it's going to be. Like he grabs somebody with the force and uses their body as like a meat shield while everybody else is shooting like lasers through them and stuff like that. And then like pushing that person to them, grabbing the next person. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, ultimately leads to him getting his ship back. Um, the next part of it goes with him in the ship coming up to a group of Imperial shoot, uh, ships that are there. And, instead of giving them the passcode that he has since he's also an Imperial, he just is just like, let's see what happens. And they start fucking firing on his ship and him being Anakin fucking dodges and dops and everything and they're just like, who the hell is this guy? And they don't know who Darth Vader is at this point because he's not established in any shape or form. And he goes on and it's him just fucking up stormtroopers. Nice. (laughs) And, uh finding out where a Jedi is that these people were actually going after. Um, and then this Jedi is out on this outer rim and didn't fight in the Clone Wars because he believed in actually fighting for fighting's sake. Like, it's not typical for the Jedi. They're supposed to be more of a peaceful race. Yeah. And you're only supposed to fight when confronted. And he believed in training and fighting for fighting's sake. So his beliefs were outside of what was taught to him initially. So he went off on his own. I see. So this guy's like on the outer rim. Doesn't really know a lot of things that have been going on. And here comes Vader all of a sudden. 
and he's training with this droid. Vader ends up killing this droid and taking this like weird saber thing. Uh, it's almost kind of like the uh, kind of I don't know what they're called, like the beam bar things that the stormtroopers have in like Episode Seven. You know okay, what I'm talking yeah. about? Uh, I can't think of what they're called. Yeah. They have a name. It's it's like what the Imperial troopers use the mm-hmm. the elite ones, the red ones to bl- to block the lightsabers. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a cross saber type thing, but it's not a lightsaber. Mm-hmm. Um, but he has one of those that he's able to finally use to fight with after he kills gotcha. this training droid thing. And um, Vader gets the ever loving fucking piss beat out of him by this guy. Um, the guy realizes, hey, maybe I should go back. Um, they obviously need me. Something's going on, mm-hmm. and finds out that all of this. He since the disturbance of everything happening, knows that the Jedi have been killed off, but he doesn't really understand the scope and scale of it. And he realizes maybe I need to go back and truly, truly put an f- end to this Emperor and everything that's been going yeah. on. Um, and then Vader catches him and fucking does it, and it ends with him like finally getting the the saber taking it apart, having the Kyber crystal and putting all of his pain and hate into it and it makes it crimson. Gotcha. And he presents it to Palpatine and shows him like gotcha. I finally have my saber. I'm huh. I'm truly like a Sith Sith now. Yeah. Not that he wasn't to begin with, but showing that he's like, I'm gonna just fucking just be a villain now. He's got it, yeah. Thing. He's got it. And uh, I'm excited to go into two um and, and dip into it. Right um on. do you have anything that you want to mention apart from Oblivion song? Yeah, um I read the first issue of Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, which is their kind of t- in tandem comic book to the park that is yeah, is yeah. being um, opened up. Um so I know this is probably you know the story that they're gonna tell. I think it's a four issue miniseries, if I'm not mistaken. Um, is going to be hearkening to probably little parts of this park so that when you go there, you're like, oh, I read about that, and there's that cool thing. Um, and so this was based around um, there because the park, the Galaxy's Edge, is uh, takes place on a planet that is kind of a trading post for all different races and different planets and everything. They all come there and trade. Um, so you're going to get a lot of mixed bag of things when you go to Galaxy's Edge, I guess. Um, but one of the pieces, which is what this story was about, was like a, a, uh, a baby Sarlacc, like a, like the pit, like a Sarlacc mm-hmm. pit. And essentially, I guess the Sarlacc are actually creatures that have a whole body and mm-hmm. they they bury themselves underground and that's their mouth and whatever. Um, so it, you kind of get a, a, an insight into the Sarlacc body and how that all plays out and, there's a, a place cool. in the in the um, at the the uh, the trading post that has a, a baby sarlacc in like a, a glass thing, and they're like, "How'd you get a hold of that?" And they're like, "Well, let me tell you." And then they tell a story about it, and uh, and the story is uh, Han Solo and Chewie uh, getting a getting a job to get a, a sarlacc um, for this person. And so it, it turns out that so when you're at Galaxy's Edge, I'm sure you're gonna see a baby Sarlacc in a glass jar, and you're gonna know, oh, Han Solo and Chewie got that, and that's what the story generally just was. So it's, after they bury themselves, they just keep getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Yeah, and that's, that's what why it seems it's so like. like infinite as far as like when he falls into it. Kind exactly. Of thing. Yeah, that makes sense. So uh, so they will, in a sense. Um, what I imagine just go through and tell a different story with every, um, every iteration of this issue. 
Uh, so they'll have different pieces that play into it. But issue one was neat. Um, I mean, it's not breaking any, it's not winning any awards for best written or best looking comic, but it's neat that they're kind of trying to tie everything together. And mm-hmm. The more Star Wars, the better. But that was the only other thing I read that's worth talking about right now. It'd be really cool to actually go to Galaxy's Edge and maybe see that stuff too. Um, as it kind of goes I'm planning on it. Yeah. Um, at some point. Yeah. I'd probably wait until the hubbub kind of dies down, but maybe like in a year or two. I'd like to go to the California one because um, I've never been to been to California once in my life, and mm. it was for like a work trip, and it was like three days. So I'd like to spend a little bit more time, maybe go yeah. see the redwoods. See the redwoods. There's something like drive that. through the redwoods. Yeah, and be like, hey, that's uh, where they had Planet of the Apes and <laughs> Harry and the Hendersons and Harry and the Hendersons. I think it's where they let go where I, they go anything that has to do with monkey ape ish. Oh, people. I wouldn't even that's think about that. At. <laughs> I'm not sure, uh, but yeah. What's that? Uh, Oblivion Song. Yeah, Oblivion Song, Volume 2. So I tried to tell you, uh, I just felt like... The you tried pace, to. Well, the pacing of this to me just seemed like it was like Rush. I don't know if you felt the same way. They convey all the story. The front part of it, I guess what would have been maybe the first issue. Okay. The actual story of him in, in, the, in the jail. Like in the prison or whatever they're at. You're talking about first issue of Volume 2? Yes. Okay, I'm not all the way through Volume 2 yet. Okay. Um, but I did read the first issue of volume two. Um, yeah. I like did. when they're in the, pri- when he's in the prison, mm-hmm. he's basically explaining himself about everything as yeah. it's going along. Uh, that pacing seems totally fine. But as the story goes along, it just seemed to me like, yes, they're conveying a story, but it's being like, it seems so rushed. Like there was no more story context that was going along with a lot of other things other than. I don't know. It's, have you, I don't think it's any more rushed than Walking Dead is. I don't know. Um, I just feel like you know, with Walking Dead, there was, there's times to take a break and tell some stuff about character development, things like, as it goes along. If you don't read, I, I actually, I always read the letters columns on, on Walking Dead. One, because I'm curious to see about that. And two, because if I just read the Walking Dead book, I feel like I don't get my money's worth out of the time I spend reading that book. Because those, they're, they're super fast paced. And one of it is, Kirkman writes in a way that's easily digestible. Yeah, uh, very much so. In anything I've ever read, Kirkman, it's like it just it, it yeah. rolls off it rolls off the ear, or the eyeball. I'm not listening to it. The eyeball it rolls off my eyeball so fast um, in the way that he writes things. And so I didn't I didn't run into anything feeling rushed as much as I did just feeling like it's going fast. It is it's a fast paced story. And I think he even said that when he first released Oblivion Song. Um, and you're reading in volume, so you're not necessarily getting to read his editor's notes and things like that. Mm-hmm. I've got the individual issues, so I'm getting the, the editor's notes and whatnot at the back end. And he does talk about it being a fast-paced story. Yeah. And that they're going to get into the drama real quick. Like, it's yeah. that it's going to be really fast-paced. So, so you I haven't, got, run to, into you haven't got to much. the end of it and everything of where you're No, at I haven't got to the end of the, end of the end volumes to, yeah. to wherever I'm at. Uh, it, it, ends, it ends with, like, if they wanted to do something where they were just like, we're just going to be done, kind of a thing, they totally could have. Oh, really? There is a thing at the very like last page that is maybe the last two pages, I guess, mm-hmm. um, that is like a, oh, shit, what the fuck, this is going to happen now, all of a sudden, um, type of a thing that ends up giving you like a twist that's going to lead into what we're going to be going on with next. Yeah. He says up it to gets this. big. That's yeah, what yeah it, it's it, the way they end it, I can see where it's going to end up getting real big. Okay. But... 
at the same time it's it's a uh, where where it wraps up it, it has a it has a cool story that kind of played out with his brother okay and his brother's character and everything like that and you can see that that's I, I, it opens up for room where his brother would potentially like you know keep going and coming and kind of a thing maybe but at the same time they wrapped up like the whole saga of him and his brother pretty well I feel like yeah where I left um, off they were they were they were planning the heist to get the machine back yeah um, so that's where I'm kind of yeah. at with that, which is I think like probably smack dab halfway through the yeah the the second volume. That's, of that's it all. pretty much where that's at. So yeah, it's uh it, it just I I don't know I guess based off of other things that I was reading like reading like the Darth Vader thing it has really good storytelling and it has a good pace to it too. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of dialogue that happens into that too that lets you more into the inside of what that character is and how gotcha. that character kind of becomes more so. Darth Vader than he already is at the point that's in. So if I'm comparing apples to apples type of a thing, it definitely tells the story a lot faster. Yeah. I'm not saying the story's not good. No. Um, the it's artwork's a... cool, the story's really cool, but at the same time, I was just faster delivered than what I was expecting. And that's... It's... It, I hated being like, that was... It almost sounded like I was coming off negative. Yeah. No. It's not negative. It's a really good artwork. It's a really good story and everything. It's And he's an excellent storyteller. The, the tension that you feel eventually that happens between the brothers eventually, mm-hmm. it, it really is cool, kind of how yeah. that ends up coming about. But um, it's... You get something different, I imagine, from not just different writers, but you know specifically with this story, uh, with Oblivion Song, um, one, Kirkman's his own boss. It's yeah. a Skybound book. He owns Skybound. Um, Darth Vader, you're getting mandated number of issues that have to happen for yeah. a storyline. So... Um, and the other thing that I'm sure Kirkman takes into account in this storyline is he just came off of two very, he's invincible, just finished up very long run. I can't remember the number of issues on that. Uh, walking dead's getting ready to hit 200. Um, I don't think either of those he knew as much about it going into as he does about oblivion song. Yeah. From what I understood when he started oblivion song, he knew everything up to the end. He knows the start and finish of oblivion song. He knows how long, how many issues, exactly what's going down to a T yeah. on pacing. So um, I wonder if he he's developed these characters to a point where you start, you know these characters from issue one, whereas you learn about these characters in Walking Dead and you learn about these characters yeah. in Invincible and other books. And it's, so it's it is a more different More or less of what approach. you're learning you very, you, from volume one or issue one of volume one, yeah. All the way up to the end of the issue or end of volume two, I feel like from the get you really get this character. You're just learning more insights and more like kind of like little secrets happened. about what happened to that yeah. character in the past. That's kind of teasing out little things here mm-hmm. and there, and that's that's the cool you know beautiful part about it. And that's it's really nice. Like I said, it's not it's not that I was trying to dog on it at all. It's just. To me, reading, even just going back and, and some of the other stuff that I was reading before this, other than Batman and stuff like the mm-hmm. Hush and uh, uh, fucking Court of Owls and stuff like that too, the storytelling, that the lore that they give you back behind this, like, yeah, you already know Batman. He's a cool guy, right? You know, Well, here's what happened fucking 200 years ago in Gotham City. Yeah. You know, shit like that. We're like, oh, yeah, you love Batman. And here's like his best friend when he was a kid, and he's not such a cool guy. Yeah. You know, that kind of shit. That, that kind of... It's that amount of storytelling versus something like, all right, 
we gotta go. You need to know these characters now because this world's fucking changing fast. Yeah. Kind of a thing and developing mm-hmm. as it goes and stuff. And you're learning little bits of insight as it goes along. And it's definitely interesting, but it's yeah. not the same pacing that I was used to. So yeah. it was different easing into it going off of like, oh, cool. Star Wars was cool. I should go back and read this because I said I was going to read this. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the, and that's, and that's also, you've hit the nail on two major uh, established uh, things. Batman yeah. and Star Wars yeah. is like, you have to create, you have to, you have to do so much to dig in and give you something different because you've already, you already know everything about Batman. You already mm-hmm. know everything about Star Wars. Mm-hmm. So it's, okay, how can I create something different? Orphans. And, yeah, orphans. Always. <laughs> always those orphans. Uh, but then in here, he's like, he's jumping in. It's a great change of pace because I have a laundry list of books to read in my life that I'm like, I want to read that before I die. I want to read that before I die. I want to read that. So like, there's thousands of titles. And to be like, oh, this one's fast-paced? Cool. I can get through it real quick. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I we talked, what, probably at the end of last week? Mm-hmm. And you were like, I, I finished volume two. And I was like, awesome. And so I was crushing like three and four issues in my lunch hour like for like, a couple of days just to like see if I can catch up with you because I was like this book's good and it runs real fast and I can get through a lot yeah, and yeah. so I like that it was a, it was a, um, a a fresh change of pace to get something so quick uh, but like I said Walking Dead I feel like gives you this gives the same vibe except for I'd, I'd pay for that book at full price uh, always and so I always feel like I have to get the get my best money for it and I read all the letters and the funny comments that Robert Kirkman writes back and all that good stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's uh let's do our palms and then we'll take a brief pause for uh oh, yeah. for spoilers and then we'll come back and we'll talk about Avengers. That's right. Okay. Sounds if good. Manny's still up, I can go get her and then she can come in. She can give her two cents about it too because she's she she's not seen. It. Yeah, she watched it with me, but she's not seen all the movies. She fell asleep. No, she's not seen all the movies like we have. So her insight and stuff could be different from a perspective of somebody that's probably seen a handful sure. of Marvel movies versus that. It'd be cool to have her just to just to say a few words about it too. But uh, what do you got as a palm? Uh, oh gosh, I was hoping you'd go first. Oh, I'll go first. <laughs> uh, my palm is something that I just did today. So for my birthday, uh, Kaylee and Jared, uh, my sister-in-law and her husband, they went purchased, to Jared. Purchased me a GameStop card. Um, and with said GameStop card, I used to basically get half off of Yoshi's Crafted World. What? So next time I will be talking about diving into that game, hopefully. Um, cool. So that's that's something that I'm looking forward to playing for sure. I've been looking forward for a while. And then my second one is something that you have gifted me, Wicked in the Divine. Yeah. So I'm uh, I'm gonna try and do my best. I don't I don't want to. This is that's the shitty part about. Um, about physical comics because if I'm able to have downtime with me, I could bring it with me and yeah. I could probably read it at the table. But working with the rubber and stuff like that, I don't. I'm gonna ruin that book. That's Thumb what's good about stuff it. Like that too. You, you take. That's what's fun about trades is getting them all like wrinkled and you fold them and everything. And the folding's fine. I'm cool with all that. But actually, like getting rubber and stuff like <laughs> that on them. them and you have black spots and stuff, basically totally ruining certain panels. Maybe. That irks me, and I don't want to do that. I always dreamed about wearing down my own like trades of my favorite books, so that I can like, be like, oh, you borrowed that, oh, you borrowed. It's just like it's just like falling apart because it's been read so much by everyone. Um, yeah, there's certain things that I have that you can clearly tell. Like, I have gone back through and reread all of the dark, like the Dark Tower series and shit that you can see, like how yeah. many bins and folds I have. The Gunslinger's worse because I've read that one at least three times. Yeah. 
And I, I think I let Mandy's mom borrow it because she's wanting to see what it was all about because I was telling her about it once. Because she was heard about that awesome movie that came out. Yeah, I was so stoked about that awesome movie. I'm far away from like and it's still registering really heavy. Yeah, I just because you're yelling. <laughs> yeah. I didn't think you needed to, but anyway, you're good. That fell off. That's a that's another reason why I need to pack that shit up. <laughs> um, cool. What you got? I like it. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna read the Disney Afternoon Giants. There's four of them out now, and I've got them all. Um, I've read the first one, but uh, what is that? The Disney Afternoon Giant is kind of the callback to the Disney Afternoon comics or uh, not comics. Yeah, uh, comics too. Like the game? TV like shows. The, what would be in yeah. that? So it's like Tailspin, it's du- uh, DuckTales, it's Darkwing, Darkwing Duck. Duck. Um, you know, Damn, it's, Daniel. It's uh, uh, Tailspin. You know, any of those guys are open. Um, I would happily read all of the Darkwing Duck. Um, I'm pretty sure that they Is that a comic run? Did they have yeah, like a run Darkwing of Duck that before? Comic. Yeah. That's not just in the Giants? Yeah, and I don't even know if Darkwing's in... I Like I said, I've only read the first one. And they do... Um, like a different, there's like three stories. They do like different different stories in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, Ducktales, Chippendales, and Darkwing Duck are the nice. three stories that are in there. Um, so the first th- four are out. I believe they're going to continue this line, uh, but I need to play catch up with this stuff because I uh, I really do pages enjoy. It? They're like a fifty page, fifty three page. Oh, That's not bad for three bucks. Yeah, That's a lot. Of uh, they're normally five, I think. They've probably gone down on issue one. And I the first think they're four five. out, you said. Yeah, first. Yeah, I might. I don't know if I'll pick it up before then, but I might pick up one of these just to at least check it out. Yeah, they're fun. It's just you know, it's six dollars. That's what their regular price point is when they're brand new. Um, But uh, I think that's what I'm gonna hit up. I'm I'm kind of I'm souped up from my Ducktales adventure, and uh, I'm ready to go on another one. You're all souped. And maybe I'll go play that Disney Afternoon collection on PS4 again, just to kind of tie it all in together. I'm gonna be a little. I'm gonna be a little Disney Afternoon boy. Uh, and we'll talk about that next time. We are always boys. <laughs> All right, I guess we'll be back. We'll be back. They won't hey, know we're back, though. Well, I'm going to go ahead and, and try to remember to put something in in this pause that's like a spoiler warning. But if I don't forget like that, I'll just have you do it. Go ahead. Spoiler, 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 spoiler. All right. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, for the first time on the podcast, my wife... And my daughter. Hello. Yay. Say something. Say <laughs> something. She just goes. <laughs> scare her. That was you. Oh, I can't believe you. you. I didn't scare her. It was all you. I'm blaming I you. I can't believe you would do that. I would scare a baby. So we're going to talk oh. about Avengers Endgame. Yeah. That also kind of correlates with a personals that I didn't mention because we did go see Avengers Endgame in a setup that we had never done that before. You never, yeah. you never done a movie before. Well, no, it was at a, a different kind of theater. Oh, what kind of theater? It's uh, the Royal Suites in the Harrisburg Show Place. Harrisburg Showplace. has something nice. It's really great. <laughs> yeah, it's like probably the best theater I've been in. Oh, really? Yeah. Do they wait on you and shit? Yeah. yeah. Really? Like you yeah. could have food, drinks, so, yeah. like. Yeah, it was really it's good. The Royal Suite, right? Yeah, yeah Royal so Suite. Royal Suite. Uh, we had had. We got a gift card at Christmas from Manny's mom and dad for the Cinemark Theater, which would have been in Paducah. Okay. Um, so that would be okay. like, we go there, give them Betty to watch while we're gone, mm-hmm. and then we go watch a movie. Well, that makes sense. They did the same thing. They were supposed to do the same thing for Kaylee and Jared, but they accidentally got 
one to the theater that was in Harrisburg. Oh, okay. So I get where you get confused. Yeah. Harrisburg, Cape Girardeau. What do you say? Paducah? Paducah. Paducah, Paducah <laughs> Harrisburg. They sound the same. They do sound the same. Yeah. Uh, so, Kaylee and Jared were kind enough to realize that during the course of the run, we went and seen it on Tuesday. The tickets were like at a matinee price, so it was a lot cheaper. Yeah. They just used their card to give us, uh, to, so that we, we could go. We didn't have to buy the tickets. Work. Well, we had to pay for it was just the food and stuff yeah. with there. So, we went in. It was a nice theater setup and everything. Has Parents little... met us over at Kaylee's to watch the babies, and then yeah. we all four went to the theater. Mm-hmm. To cool. And, uh, and watch the movie. Seat had the recliner thing. It's mm-hmm. not like the AMC one where you can move it and you can kind of love it with your lovey. Yeah. Um, but uh, I usually wait for somebody to sit next to me and then I then flip it flip up it and I'm like, come on over. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, but we, it has like a tray that's in front of it. They give you a menu there automatically and they have waitress that comes up and asks you if you want appetite. Is that annoying during a movie? No, it really no, wasn't. They were really subtle, like a subtle about it. Yeah, they do have a button a that's light. on there that you can press. Like, I'll have another Diet Coke, please. Yeah, yeah. basically. Huh. That way you don't even have to get up if you want to refill on your popcorn. Will they take like your pee? Will they take your pee? Unfortunately, yeah. no. If you peed in the cup. Yeah. Then they would. And then, yeah. You're like, you can I get a new one? one? <laughs> or if you it's close to the end of the movie or something like that, and you're just like, I'm done with this. It just, just tastes wrong. Do you mind if I get a new one? Maybe even a whole new cup. You think they might suspect. That's a good idea. If, if they got a whole new cup. And they're just looking at it and they're just like, somebody had dong out in this theater. <laughs> and not in the cool way where you got a BJ in the back of it. That was a cool way. Yeah. That would be a cool way. Yeah, it's just pee. What is your input about the theater, Betty? Well, she didn't actually get to experience the theater, so she doesn't know. <laughs> I like her. She just stares she at Chad. Quite <laughs> She's just like, by huh. you. All right. So let's get into the movie. Let's talk let's about, talk about it. let's talk about stuff that we uh, that we liked about it. Okay. What did you like about it? I hate it. That was the dumbest movie ever. Really? No. I didn't. Oh. No. Um, so, just as an overall, I thought that this movie was. Uh, I mean, just as good as everybody else has said. I mean, I can't say anything else that anybody hasn't already said about this movie. Uh, like all the it, fan service and stuff was like on par with this movie. Yeah, I mean. And, you know, we're coming off of Infinity War, which was a good movie also. So there's there's not... It's not like, oh, they got some redemption to make around here. This this was coming on... It was part two of an already great movie, um, I thought. Uh, but yeah, the way that they did it... The only thing I thought... I was like, when they first introduced that they were going to do time travel, I was like, oh, they're going to time travel? Like, how is this going to be pulled off to where it's going to be actually a cool thing? Um, because, you know, you see a lot of time travel and it just gets hokey sometimes. And so there's, that's the problem I run into with time travel on a rig. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I was like, okay, Avengers time travel, you know, we, we did it with X-Men and it didn't really go so well. So, you know, we're going to be able to pull it off. Um, I think they pulled it off because they made it humorous. Yeah. Um, and they pulled it off in the best way they possibly could have done, I think, anyway. Sure. It was yeah. done real well. The yep. way the time frames that they went back into, and it made sense. yeah, it made sense for what it was. It was cool seeing all those callbacks too with all the different mm-hmm. things, like fucking Thor: The Dark World. Yeah, of all things, which I actually went back and I rewatched afterwards. Yeah, um, and is a way better movie when you when somebody's not telling. That's a problem with fucking movies around here. Pardon my language, Betty. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I've never heard that word before. Jeez, is that. 
Every movie would be better if everybody just would stop telling you that it's a shitty movie. Yes. Yeah. Um, is that, like, Thor The Dark World's not a horrible yeah. movie. Um, mm-hmm. I are... feel that way about Sonic. I think that's going to be... <laughs> if, if you wouldn't have told me that it's going to be a bad movie, I bet it'll be a good movie. I think it would probably be better, honestly. <laughs> I mean, if you didn't have media telling you that it was going to be a shit show, mm. you'd be like, eh, it doesn't look awesome, but I'll give it a shot. Like, you'd kind of go that way. Um, you know, it's that resurgence of like it took twenty years to for Phantom Menace to pay off. Yeah, it did. As as like people be like, I like Phantom Menace. It was not a, not as bad as it seemed like it was. Um, and I feel like uh, that we'll get that. We are getting that with Thor: The Dark World. Um, is that oh, it's relevant. We've made this movie a relevant movie now. Um, so I definitely thought that that was cool that they did that. Yeah, the tie into Guardians One with him Quill mm-hmm. wearing mm-hmm. the headphones and singing out you get yeah. to hear him actually singing out loud because you it. don't see that vocals with it and then of course avengers the first one being able to tie into that was yes. cool and then going even further back than that and getting tony getting that opportunity to see uh, his dad see his dad yeah. and and hang out with him this was, was such really a neat. crucial part to the movie too and that's what i was telling a guy i work with at, uh, a guy i have at work that's a friend he uh we could call him work friend work friend tim yes uh so I was telling him, I was like, WFC. it's just a, such a crucial part to that movie because up until that point, Tony is just so about himself, about his family. And if it's, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? He had to have that conversation with his dad for him to finally realize that the world is more important than just him being Tony Stark kind yeah. of a thing. And, and or all him about, being able to spend time Because he his probably wouldn't have been able to feel like he could have done the snap sacrifice. and sacrifice himself. That's had true. it not been for yeah. that conversation that he had with his father. Definitely. Um, I told Chad that I said it might be good to have you on here in the first place anyways, just because you had not seen as many Marvel movies as he or I. And just a take from somebody that's more of a fresh face to the scene, just to kind of let well, people know. Yeah, I haven't even seen the original Avengers. Yeah. Did you see Infinity War? Yeah. She watched Infinity War. Yeah. See, I wanted to get a prospect. I wanted. To, I was curious if anybody would actually have ever went to see Endgame without seeing Infinity mm. War. No, I did. Watch and how Infinity well War. it picked up, um, without. Um, but and how did Infinity War so, pick up without a lot of background on it? Yeah, a lot of people said that there was like a lot of throwback to stuff. Um, you know, I. I didn't feel like I was missing out. You didn't have to have it no, in order for things to make to sense. See, yeah. I mean, I haven't seen Black Panther. I haven't seen any of the Thor movies. Like You start hearing people clap in the theater and you're like, I don't know what the hell they're clapping well, like, about, but they must be happy about I it. I felt attached <laughs> to these characters anyway, I think just because I know of them. Yeah. And like I hear you guys talking about it's, them. I mean, and it's like, a it's pop a culture phenomenon. Thing. Yeah, yeah no. absolutely. And I don't know, I, I still felt connected to them and I felt more connected to them this this movie with Endgame that I did with Infinity War gotcha. for some of them. Um, well, especially coming off of Infinity War, it's got to be something because you have such... Not even knowing those people and going into that movie knowing what big of a loss you've had. Yeah. No, like, knowing I, that like we have this handful of basically Avengers that we're left with because mm-hmm. we don't have Spider-Man for until the yeah. last... 15, 20 yeah. minutes of the movie. <laughs> when we went to see Infinity War last year, I was pregnant. Yeah. And so, like, I cried so hard <laughs> after the snap. Like, I mean, I was, like, snotting. Like, it was super... <laughs> like, it was it was, it was, was rough. And so, watching it this time, and, like, the very first, you know, what, 
five minutes, seven minutes of the movie is, is Hawkeye and his kids. And, like, that was... That was rough for me. Like, I was just <laughs> yeah, like, see, I was. She had never seen. That I don't would, know. Hawkeye. She'd never seen Hawkeye in a movie. I know movie. he's a person. You didn't know that they've been but wanting Hawkeye know. to die in a movie for the last ten years. No, I, I did not know that. I didn't know he had kids. I didn't know anything about him. Yeah. But that just still like ripped my heart out. Like, I was just sitting there thinking it about. It could have just been for her. For anybody, that could have just been Jeremy Renner. <laughs> And his family out at the farm having a good old day. Yes. And then all of a sudden, Jeremy Renner is just by himself and be like, oh shit, oh, man. my family's dead and I'm still just a famous actor hanging out. Yeah. yeah. Like it was, it was, um, it was hard for me. That was, that was still really rough for me, even though I wasn't attached to these characters. Now, I did know the Guardians because I've watched all Who the Guardians. Doesn't? Yeah. I love the Guardians. <laughs> Um, so I did feel that with Infinity War, and I felt that they're, you know, not being in the um, end game. And so I, I did, I did <laughs> understand that. Looks like she that. might start crying in a second. <laughs> She's also still really tired. <laughs> Chad's been making faces at her. I'm not good with kids. So what's some of the parts right. that resonated the most with both of you in the movie? So I, I said, like, obviously, one like, the coolest part to me was Tony's death having the like the whole like him doing the I'm inevitable and you hear him do the fucking I am Iron Man that was just like so yeah. heartbreaking that, that was at the same part. time that's just you're like this is the big callback he's saying he's Iron Man again for the last time yeah and snapping right afterwards it was awesome hearing yeah. that uh seeing Captain Marvel come back and just rip through the capital yeah. ship like it was nothing. Just seeing it just like bullet through like a missile just hit it. <laughs> it was cool. I thought that she was late. I was like, I just I did know. too. I didn't like, like how late For as she powerful was as she was, was like, why yeah. is she letting everybody deal with but this? I just meant just her entrance was really cool. Did you see Captain Marvel? <laughs> yeah, I haven't seen that one yet. See, we haven't either. Yeah, we haven't and Kaylee said that it makes sense if you've seen Captain Marvel. That she always is late. She's like, well, I had I to get my know. hair done. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, she did. <laughs> That was her being gone. Got my hair cut. We knew she had her hair done. She was in Avengers headquarters with with Black Widow being all sad eating her peanut butter sandwich. Um, my part was definitely Cap getting the hammer. That yeah, was yeah. That was that was, that was the part that like finally hearing Avengers assemble after you see yes, everybody come back. That's the part I was. I, yeah. I agree. That was the part. Like I don't. That was the part that I go. I don't. I didn't realize how much I actually cared about these movies because. I'm a, I'm a casual Marvel gazer. Even the movies, I go to them, I'll see them. I typically don't go to the theaters it for them. Goosebumps thinking about that moment, though, too, because all of the people finally come through the holes. You hear them do the, on your left, because that yeah. was the callback and to I didn't, Winter Soldier. But I didn't know that. That wasn't. I'm not good with half the callbacks, either. I, I agree. And Falcon comes them, through. And Falcon's, Falcon's saying it. You see all Black Panther and uh, Okiri, or what, how do you say her name? I don't know. Uh, I can't think of it. Ogide. Okie yeah. day. That's what, that's what, <laughs> that's, that's what, uh, we were just talking about Star Wars. SNL? What's oh. his name? Oh, God. Why am I blanking on this? It's probably because of the headache. Jar Jar Binks. He says Okie day. Oh, okay. um, gotcha. You just mentioned episode one. That's why I said oh, it. I gotcha. You were talking about the callbacks. That's, <laughs> I why, gotcha. it was, that's why it was relevant no, to me. Right? Anyway, all the people finally come through. We have this, a massive army of bad guys that are over here and then finally every known character that we've seen throughout the MCU yeah. all on one screen all at once basically and then Cap finally saying Avengers 
and then pausing because he holds out his hand and fucking Molnir comes back to him and he straps up one more time and he goes, assemble. Yeah. And then they start the fight. Yeah. I was just like, it's like, not only was it awesome to begin with, then you get him pulling it back. Because that's the yeah. first time you see him like pulling it back. He doesn't yeah. do that to begin with. He's already got it and he's just fighting with it, basically. Yeah. And then you just see him like doing the shunk yeah. all of a sudden. Then he goes, assemble. And then they start the big fight. Which is that not what the original... Uh, was that the second one or the first one? One of them was going to be titled Avengers Assemble. The first one was supposed to be. That, was yeah. And so I, that's where... Like, that's the, the the nerdy part of me, which is like... That was what the original title was going to be. Yeah. Like, of it all. And so... Just that was, that also because Avengers Assemble is so iconic. Not just to the comics, but to, like, old cartoons and shit yeah, like that, and too, and everything. So that's that's, that's something that too. Captain's always said. And I got Apparently, you. I think people were thinking he was going to say it in Civil War... Whenever they're in the airport, at one point in time, he says Avengers, and then he pauses for a second, and people were assuming he was going to say Assemble at that point in time, but it never ended up getting that payoff, so this was the actual payoff that we finally get. For Which that. I like it better. It, I'm sorry, it I interrupted better. you. What were you saying? Okay, we're now. okay, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Gosh. It was my fault. Don't interrupt. What's wrong with you? Were there any Kids. other key moments that were missing? Um, Nothing that really stands out to me. Um... You know, there's obviously a lot of speculation. You can say, you know, that Thor's probably going to be in Guardians 3. You know, that Absolutely will be in Guardians that, 3, I think. I don't know. I mean, I, I feel th- like that's what we're leading I towards. I hope so. Yeah. I hope so. That's what makes more sense to me because we know, now that we know in the article that Beta Ray Bill is going to be in Guardians of the Galaxy 3, that makes way for him to be, like, potentially, you know, like, he's worthy as well now. Yeah. You know, he could pick up the mantle where I leave off and I could stay here with them and be a guardian. Yeah. You know, whether there'll be a Guardians 4 or not, I doubt, but yeah, I don't know. wrap it up be. in 3, I would imagine. But, um, um, and then we kind of see, you know, at the, the you've got the ending of the movie, of course. Yeah, uh, there where, was title credits. And then you've got, you've got the, the little, the little teaser at the end. With what? Um, the, the metal. The, the hammer metal. The that hammer. Was, it was just a callback to Iron Man. Iron Man. Do you think though? Or do you think it was? I think it's somebody building a new suit. Building a new suit? So yeah. you think it's like Ironheart? Yeah. Really? Yeah. That's not good. I yeah. think that I thought that, you I, to believe I that, thought that it's a because it was supposed to be just a it was supposed to be a sound clip from Iron Man One of him just hitting while he was building the first suit. Not I even think, the Iron Man, yeah. the, you know what I mean? The yeah. metal one in the desert. I think that's what they want you to believe, but have they ever called back to something at the end of a movie? They've always went forward with it. I don't know, but that would so why would, part into what I was talking about yeah. during trailer talk with if we had the new Avengers on last episode anyway. Yeah. If we have the new Avengers, we would have Spider Man, potentially Ironheart, we would have Beta Ray Bill mm-hmm. be our, our uh our new Thor yeah. at that point in time, and then we could get the female Hawkeye be there she likes as well too. Yes, she loves the she's hitting the soundboard and it's hard for me not to do tool noises. <laughs> That's what it's programmed to right now. Yeah, it's programmed to tool noises if you hit the A button. It'd be, but yeah, that's that's what I think. I I, th- I it's great and lovely that they're playing it off like it's a tribute to Iron Man. But when at the end of any Avengers or any Marvel MCU movie has yeah, ever been an ending, I just thought maybe this was their nod because that's that's how the movie started. We started with Iron Man and we're ending with that same sa- sure. iconic sound of. Him making the first suit, kind of a thing. So I, I figured think, that's. I think it's sweet but, that they're yeah, playing it. It's off cool that it would if it would play into <laughs> into more uh, of it, I guess. But they, uh, but yeah, so we're definitely seeing everybody kind of going through to their different places. Um, 
and now that you know we're also talking about all of this, what do you think about the potential that um, the Spider-Man Far From Home? I forgot about this. Mm-hmm. The potential that that that's Far From Home actually takes place before Infinity War, and the bus that they're on is them coming back from their field trip. I don't think that's a thing now. Not after thing? this new trailer. Oh, that's a good point. I forgot about that. Yeah. Because <laughs> after the trailer, they're talking about the snap and everything in there. <laughs> I mean, unless something happens, like, if they have, like, a PS scene of that being something that happens in the alternate world, like, where Mysterio is supposed like to be that from. I don't like Well, I don't either. I can't. But, I mean, I'm just saying maybe I that's where I can't keep track they're... of one world. I can't, we can't, <laughs> can't do too many things in the other world. Um, but, no, that's... I, I definitely... And I was kind of bummed because, you know, the theater we were in... They were telling everybody, like, you don't need to stay for the end. You don't need to stay for the end. There's nothing at the end. Clearly, they aren't people who watch these movies. Because even if that is just a tribute, anybody that really cares about those movies probably wants to stay to the end yeah. just to hear that hammer clanking. Yeah. Uh, because it... We'll gonna... tell you, somebody in the theater told us what it was, and that yeah. said that that was it because they'd already seen it before. So we ended up leaving. That's really? What's wrong with you? I heard the hammer clank on YouTube. Somebody already put it up. What's on wrong there. with you? I heard the hammer clank. <laughs> YouTube? Yeah. Really? I YouTubed it. Ah, this is over. No, it's not. We have to do a sign-off. Oh, we do? Tell okay. people where you can find <laughs> you at. You can find me at Shad Schubert, S-H-A-A-D-S-C-H-U-B-E-R-T, on the Facebooks and the Instagrams and the Twitters, and on the website, ShadSchubert.com. That's great. You can find me at RandomHeroXIX on everything. What? Please let me know if there are any new segments that you guys want to hear about, or if there's any special games you enjoyed, or anything that you want to hear. Next episode that we'll be releasing will be our one-year anniversary episode. It's our birthday episode. So episode 44 after this will be our birthday episode. So we're going to have some cool stuff in store for you. It's not going to be a news episode. It's going to be all different. We've got all kinds of new things going forward even. We're going to have a whole new format going forward. We're going to have games that we're going to be doing for our anniversary. So it's going to be a fun, fun time. Theme songs. Do you want people to know where they can find you? Yeah, on Instagram at the Vintage Kitten. You can see pictures of Betty there. That's true. <laughs> and, 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 and cats. Yeah, yeah, all the things. Yeah. Uh, and then now you guys say, I feel New Zealand. I feel New Zealand. Keep moving on. Production.